Guys, welcome to Minefields. Thanks for putting up with that three and a half hour, almost three and a half hour long, 150th, which I labeled the variant issue, just because there's nothing really variant about it, although we didn't talk about any new comics, but whatever, some good stuff. They suck. They do. But not really. I mean, it depends. You're the bane of my existence. It can be, depending. I mean, like, the... You sure like that black bag variant uh Superman number seventy five? Unopened. Is that really I'll never know. Is that really the variant? Or is that just the real I don't know. I think that's just the real one. I never thought of it as like a variant. It's that if that's just the real one, you either had the real one or you had the Bush League newsstand one. That either did or did not have the proof of purchase on the front. But to me that's the real one. I can see that. No, we we got a lot of good stuff to talk about, man. How you been? Well, yeah, no, I've been good, man. Just freaking working as usual. Freaking, uh, I just want to bring up something real quick. Freaking, it's kind of like the whole uh, cameo versus first appearance thing All happens right. in a lot of comic books. Right. It's like it's really which one the comes, uh, which one the people demand is which. Right. Like the whole game, like uh, Uncanny X Men Annual fourteen. Or Uncanny X Men 266, which is really the first appearance of Gambit. First appearance of Venom, 298 or 300. Well, 299, 299 or 300. Uh, well, I mean, you see his hands in 298. That's close enough. Yeah, but you see, you see his whole, but you see his whole body in 299. He says, "Honey, I'm home." Right. So, freaking, you know, it's, it's, you know, like I said, a lot of it comes down to, uh, there's no, there's no real definition of a cameo or a, like in my mind, cameo is like maybe last page, one image. Right. You know, maybe like one, a one liner, but freaking, you know, some people, you know, you know, like in the uh, in Uncanny X Men Annual fourteen, which is supposed to be the first cameo appearance of Gambit, mm-hmm. he's in quite a few scenes. Just, yeah, just because chrono- chronologically, two sixty six, I believe, should have come out first. Let alone, it's obviously the first cover appearance of Gambit. Right. You know, I feel like people just automatically kind of have chosen that that's the uh, the first appearance. You know, the whole thing with um. I think it's, it's Batman 92 or Hell Arisen number three, which is the actual first appearance of Punchline. Punch it should line. have been Batman 92, but the Hell Arisen number three, which had her in it, came out first. Yeah, we had that discussion when we were going through boxes looking for it. Oh, you already had it, uh-huh. but uh, no, I know, I, I get it. It's 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 like the what is the collective uh, collectively decide um i was thinking about this when i was reading the um latest issue of well the first issue of batman versus robin because Mm -hmm. like we've talked about what's canon what's not canon and Mm -hmm. i i I feel like with batman it's like what's more popular what what do they like enough that that okay so the enough the majority of people like the killing joke so much that that's the definitive origin of the joker and yeah but is it really because like that was such a a one-off story back when like one-off stories weren't so prevalent like where we're getting like five a month like we are now yeah. but it, it has no, it's, it's true 
No. I mean, it's like it's kind of like how we went off about uh, the one bad day Riddler story just being a like in my mind a blatant ripoff slash homage to Killing Joke. Correct. Like freaking that is that is a like regardless. I know freaking Alan Moore has pretty much denounced it, but freaking that is a classic story. That is a classic one shot. It might be the greatest one shot freaking Batman story of all time when you know in most people's minds it's it's so good that it, it's influenced like it's like within the pages of a one shot it's been around for so long it's influenced not just up and coming writers and artists they've already put it in the books that they're drawing like people that we love and that are established mm-hmm. like to them this is canon and you know screw everyone else this is canon to me, and, like, uh, for example... And deal with it. Yeah, like, I mean, like, freaking um, Tinian uh, put that info, like, what happened in Killing Joke into Joker, the, the latest Joker series mm-hmm. that just wrapped up a couple months ago. And, yeah. and in my opinion, like, there's no question that that's, that that's canon. It's absolutely canon to me. Yeah. But is it because it was so good? Oh, yeah, I think, I think the fact that it, it's... I think at that point it's mass appeal. If everybody, if the majority of people like it, then yeah, we'll make a canon. Cool. You know, freaking, as opposed to other stories that are less fondly remembered, you know, and plus, you know, with the whole multiverse thing, oh, that's a Batman from Earth 22. Right. That's a Batman from Earth 34. That's a Batman from Earth 1053. Right. That's a Batman from Earth negative two. You know, you can kind of, like every, everything can be canon without actually being canon. I, I I actually really enjoyed not just the conversation, but like the fact that it's kind of up to us. It's yeah. I, mean, I mean like I'm sure there's some people out there that like some Batman books that we don't like at all that think that's canon. I'm glad that they do. I, I want them to and and when you know, something little comes up that, like, reference it. They'll pop. Like, remember how excited I got? Like, I, I think I called you when I saw that McFarlane did the Speeding Bullets action figure. Mm-hmm. Not that many people were into that book, but enough so that they got the figure, and that was just enough for me. And then... Yeah. I, I like the fact that we've got some sort of say in it. I mean, like, if we didn't, how many... We, there wouldn't have been so many restarts of DC in the past... 14 years? Yeah. I've had, what, three or four since prior to freaking Flashpoint? Correct. Mm. But yeah, I mean, it's freaking, you know, it's kind of cool that, you know, freaking we have, you know, that ability, quote unquote, but, you know, it's really like, you know, it's, it's interesting as like a, as a, as a collector, when you see them restart with number one, you're like, ah, oh, not again. Right. Like, at least that's that's me personally. Like, I was really, that kind of, that took me out, out of the latest bunches of X-Men for a while. Like, I went back and collected them afterwards. But after the last, uh, I think like the last Astonishing X-Men went like 22 issues and they killed off everybody. Like, every issue somebody died like it really, it really took me out of the X Men. I, 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 I didn't, I did, I didn't want to give it a shot until you freaking let me have, have those uh, 
uh, Powers of X, House of X, Power of the Ten, House of X. Dude, it was my... Okay, that's really freaking good, actually. Dude, it was my brotherly duty to make sure you got those. Like, 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 seriously, like, that was like... It was an honor and a privilege, but under no circumstances could you could I have let you get away with missing those ones. And I'm glad I got you into it, but then like I feel bad because I've dropped out of X almost completely, and like I, I was like trying to read Wolverine, and I was like I don't know anything that's going on. Like there's yeah. there's like all like I really like X Men Red, um, but that's kind of its own thing a little bit right now. But. Mm-hmm. I don't know, I get, it, there's nothing wrong with taking a quick breather, man. There was times where I was, like, only watching NXT and uh, catching a SmackDown just because it was on and then forgot about NXT. I mean, as long as we're, I don't know, I don't want to say, like, as long as we're consuming. Uh, that's not what I'm saying. As long as we're getting good content somewhere, somehow, as long as someone's putting on a good uh, wrestling show and as long as someone's putting on a good X book or a good Spidey book somewhere, somehow long as we're happy and it's it's nice to have the discussion and i like um i have the luxury like you have a lot of the same people at work i have a luxury there's a lot of people coming in and out uh, on a revolving door whether they want to come into the office or not and i might have a conversation with someone um uh at the smoking smoke shack outside i'm vaping and someone will see my Britt baker shirt and be like oh aw and like want to talk about it and i i love i love getting to just shutting up and let them tell them Tell me what you like. Like like you were talking about, you know, show me your cards. Just let them talk, you know? And yeah. uh, what do you like, you know? And getting to hear that good stuff. And uh, I don't I don't want to say we're experts, but we're pretty knee-deep. And uh, I don't want to affect their their enjoyment. And, and yeah. especially when they're enjoying something that I, or we frankly hate. <laughs> and like... Yeah, man, that's the thing, man. That's, that's one of the joys of wrestling is there's something... In theory, there should be something for everybody. Not necessarily every time, but... <coughs> Bless you. There's, hey. always, there's always some cool little things. Like, when we were sitting around BSing uh, before New Era the other day, uh, we weren't even talking about wrestling, wrestling, and I just I took my shoes off and showed off my Stone Cold socks, and it was like, dope! <laughs> like, it was it was stupid. You know, like, it, like... Like when we were on our first way to Lubbock, and I was like, I was mm. wearing, I, I can't remember what socks I was wearing, but you're wearing your take, I was, you're wearing your taker socks. I think you had. Stick. I don't own taker socks. Uh, you were, you were wearing some. some I got a uh, Bam Bam Bigelow and Macho Man's. I think we might have been both been wearing our Macho Man so- socks, randomly. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah, but anyway, it's fun. And long story short, don't want to ruin anyone's anyone's uh, fun uh i think the only thing i can add to what you're saying and i completely agree was just if you're in if you're knee deep you know if someone's not and they're just getting into it or getting back into it don't shoot their don't shoot their plane down let let them let them cheer for their guy or gal and enjoy it even if it's a bad story or yeah just because you don't like it doesn't mean somebody else won't right Right back to what we we're talking about with Canon. Really, I'm really glad you brought that up, man. Because like, uh, one of the things that you mentioned before we started was uh, your distaste for the Young Bucks, and pretty much, it, it, like, in my opinion, the true the air quotes. It's not my opinion, but I feel like the collective opinion. If you're into AEW and a true AEW fan, is you have to love the Bucks. I don't. 
Yeah. I got seduced for a bit, and then, and then I fell out. And uh, a lot of weird stuff happening, man. Like, what is it that you wanted? Uh, I'm sorry. Did, are we? Are did you get your point across what you're talking about when it came to like first appearances? Yeah. No, I'm just kind of throwing a, just kind of throwing content out there. Just kind of having a went on a went on a little bit of a side trail and. No, I, mean, I love it. We man. delved. <laughs> I love it. It's something yeah, we talked about. Yeah. But no, no, I've been thinking about, like I said, with everything going on with the Bucks and all that, and Omega and CM Punk and all that, you know, is what it is. But like, I kind of had, we were talking earlier, and I kind of had a, a moment where I kind of realized, I kind of figured, I think I, I figured out at least why I don't care for the Bucks on like AEW, and it's really kind of like for the for the longest time. The, the whole thing with the Young Bucks is that they've been playing playing themselves up as anti-authority. You know, everyone heard that story about them, uh, you know, doing extra work for WWE and they pissed off Booker T. And, you know, they ended up, well, Nick did a spin rooney at a show like the next week because people had heard about them making Booker T mad. And that's kind of what really kind of started the Young Bucks on a different level because they just kind of became the anti-authority tag team. Yeah, and they had the FTRR shirts that, it, like, flew off the shelves. Um, yeah. The cease and desist shirt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they've, they've always been anti-authority. And it's like the whole joke is that they, for, you know, now they turn around and they're EVPs. So they've become the authority. And yet, they're still trying to portray this, themselves as these anti-authority characters. Like they just, they just don't care. What are you gonna do? You're gonna, throw, you're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna you know, you're gonna say or fine us. We've got all the money in the world. We've got these cool sneakers. Blah 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 blah. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking about it, and they're at this point, they're basically like a low rent version of DX circa 2006. When it wasn't these two guys. (laughs) Yeah. That's the whole joke when they were in freaking Sean and Sean, Sean Michaels and triple H are both in their, you know, mid forties being like, Oh, you know, suck it. Oh, well poop jokes. And Oh, Vince loves cock and all that nonsense. It was like, (laughs) that's one. (laughs) That was an example, but whatever. It still counts. It's still like it's still like 150 to like five. Yeah. <laughs> but freaking, but all that all that dumb stuff they did, it was like, it doesn't work when you guys, when freaking one of you guys is you know legitimately in the you know were in, you know invested in the company, and let alone when you're you know in your mid 40s. And that's basically where the Young Bucks are because they're, you know, they're EVPs and they're, you know, doing all the stuff behind the scenes and blah, blah, blah. But yet they're trying to be, oh, we're anti-authority and, oh, you can't do nothing to us, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, yeah. It, it, it kills uh, it. kills it. I agree. You know, it's hard to, you, you can't rally against the system when you are the system. I agree 100%, but also at the same time, how 
part of the system are they anymore? I can see that they were probably a considerable part of it right at the beginning, but I, I think Khan mm-hmm. probably took over a long time ago, and these guys, I, I really think it's been a meaningless credit that they have worked into their contract right now, that they're EVPs, but I, I sincerely doubt they're making any decisions behind the, the scenes anymore at all. They have some influence, yeah. uh, but, you know, it's like uh, back in the day when, you know, Flashback to three years ago when we were producers. <laughs> were we? <laughs> I was a commentator. You were the producer. No, nah, no, nah, no. Nah. We were both producers. I leaned on you. But freaking uh, no- nothing I pitched or wanted to do made it through the gates that a producer would have any leeway of saying. It's, it's, uh-huh. it's not like with New Era. Like... The lines in the sand are drawn, but, like, there's been times where, like, we've had discussions, and, uh, it's not, like, who won. It's never, yeah. it's never been who won. It's, what's the best decision? But we're, we're all being heard. I get it. But at the same time, it, it's, I don't feel I have a meaningless producer role. Like, I'm the, I'm the star of the show, and, uh, freaking, it's the fourth season, and, uh, I'm now executive producer. Like, really? Like, did did that actor really do anything to help produce this? He might have like threw in a couple extra bucks, or you know, found a, uh, pardon the pun, but I don't think these guys are involved in anything anymore. I think they're more involved in making like their costumes and figuring out a way to keep selling a super uh, super kick and the Meltzer bomb and make me fall asleep. Like, like ma- people make the joke like, oh, the women are wrestling. Time to go get like snacks and go get a beer. Like. That's not like when the when the bucks are on. I'm like, oh, time that now I can go to the bathroom and take my time and maybe even like heat up a couple of like you know hot pockets if that's what you're into. But if that's what you're into, yeah, maybe make a pop tart, perhaps make a pop tart. Like you don't just eat straight out of the wrapper. You you got the time to put it in the toaster. Like the bucks are on, put pop tart in. We got time. I'm gonna get 15 minutes to <laughs> do something else. <laughs> 15 minutes to do something else exactly. Um, does that chap you in any way? I mean, like, it, it, obviously it's, like, in some way bothering you, or is it just more in the fact that, like, you just... No, that, that's the thing. It doesn't bother me at all. It was just kind of something to think about. And freaking, like I said, I just, I just found myself, I don't care when the Bucks are on. Nope. Like, I, I've seen the match a million times. Freaking people are going to go gaga over it. Oh, X amount of stars, X amount of stars. Okay, cool, Whatever. That's, and like I said, if that's your thing, that's your thing, man. If you're a huge Yonbooks fan and you got all the shirts and More yeah, you, get all the, you get the sneakers and all that, cool. Like, enjoy. Yeah, but you downloaded our show and you're hearing us and this is what we're saying. And they, they, they come off to me. It's, it's our opinion piece. Yeah. It's what it is. The op-ed. Freaking, they, they come off to me as those guys. Like, let's say we were watching Stranger Things and you're the new kid and no one likes you because you're little. And, uh, you know, the... Their little group takes you in, they get you over, and all of a sudden you've got, like, close friends, and then, uh, but then the popular kids start calling, and all of a sudden you're better than them. And, Bless you. Excuse me. Bless you. Thank you. Mm. And all of a sudden you're better than them. I think they need, I think this whole, I don't know, you want to call it pipe bomb too? (laughs) Like, or whatever. Fiasco it all out. Um... 
Like they, yeah. they need to come down to earth. Like they're not that cool. Like the, like they lost me completely when they were, like all about that like what sixteen hundred dollar pair of shoes or something like that. Like y'all, the whole point of your book was how you came from poor, and struggled. Yeah. And struggled through Ring Honor. Like and then now like, it just yeah it just you, you're. In, their kaka does have the uh, stinky stinky, and. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, it's, like I said, they might be fine humans. Probably good guys. They're probably good guys. I know they're very devout Christians. Just, I just don't. Yeah, I'm just not... Just not my bag of Cheetos. Nope. Poofed, spicy, uh, the, the extra hot, or flaming hot, and crunchy, jalapeno. Personally, I'm a hot Cheeto guy. When it comes to Doritos, I'm a ranch guy. Land on the, oh ranch. Land on the, ranch. the ranch is good. The, the, the spicy ranch, spicy ranch is freaking awesome. I didn't even know spicy ranch existed. I'll, I'll... Yeah, it's, uh, I get it at the store. It's pretty good. Sounds awesome. Well, uh, get, that at your, get that over at the bodega. Oh, yeah. Freaking New Era. Barn burner of a show. That was like, uh, like we were talking about it the afterwards last time, like, we're we're getting greased. We're getting greased. We're we're in we're in the motions and like we like there was we didn't even have to like even communicate during that. I don't think we used the walkie talkies at all, uh, except like once or twice with Vernola. Like he needed something with batteries. And, yeah, I think just started the show. That was it. Yeah, but even then, like uh, I was so hyper aware. We had uh, our list of what to get executed that I had enough time. Like I saw it. Like I had enough time to get ninety eight percent done what we had on the list, but. I was at least being able conscious aware of the show, watching it on the on the TV quite often, like probably way more than I've ever been able to backstage. But enough that like where I'm I'm able to scope, able to scope, and I see Vernola like just look up, and then I hear some crackle, and then but I see I see him look in a panic, and <clears throat> he walks, and we meet up. And he's like batteries done, we done like we we move one camera, Eagle's Nest, hate it. I actually let him use Bridget. Oh, wow. Had to get done. Yeah. Had to get done. It got done. Uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm still I'm still calling Flawless Victory on freaking Saturday night, man. Like, revenge went awesome. down without a hitch. The matches were great. Unfortunately, Killian, Killian dislocated his uh, shoulder, but he's doing better. He's not out. That's good. <laughs> just needs to just rest it for a bit and... I'm not gonna. I mean, I'm glad he did it. It looked great, but I mean, even if I had like God, God mode code, I'm not. I'm not in any way pissing off Jinsu. <laughs> no. <laughs> God mode. I got all my boys around. <laughs> like, t t took a couple of bumps. I'm feeling like no pain. Yeah, no, no, no. Juicy, juicy. Are you okay, sir? Sir, sir, are you okay? I've got a sticker bar. Are you hungry? Juicy could always use the Snickers bar. Or whatever. It, Twix, it, you don't like you don't like Snickers and neither do I. Here's a Twix. <laughs> you know what? Work, work your way through the candy gambit. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, no, nah, man, it was a, it was an excellent show. Freaking uh, had the uh, 
had Sin Bodhi come in, formerly of WWE and Impact. Correct. Freaking of the uh, of the Snake Pit out in Vegas training center. Yeah, actually Freaking... the biggest one in Vegas, actually. Yeah, no, he's uh, he's trained some uh, very notable people that are now in um, NXT. Freaking so, so I think yes. Solo Sokoa just debuted on the on SmackDown, so I guess he talks you know, main roster as well. So that's awesome. Now that was one thing. Another reason why I was glad I didn't I just didn't decide to do a, a crap load of photos was because I I wasn't like constantly like doing something at every single second. Was I got to like mm-hmm. see Sin just walk around and everyone picked his brain and he was he said it at the beginning uh, at the end of the uh, at the end of the. Um, um, what do you call it? The training seminar. Training seminar. You know, you just pick my brain. I'll, you know, I'll, I'll tell you what, what you need to know. I'll tell you what you need to know, but not what you want to hear. And so many people stopped him, and just I, I was flying the wall for so many of those conversations, and everyone was so respectful. Like seeing Eric Angel saying yes sir, yes sir, yes sir, yes sir, absolutely. Well, what about this? Okay, no, that makes sense. Yes sir, like Angel, like. He wasn't he wasn't jock riding, but he sure as hell was yeah. freaking like respectful and listening, listening, listening. And I even got to ask him. Um, remember, I think you were right there when I was at, uh, directing someone about what I wanted out of a promo. It was exactly what Sin told me. What he like what makes promos interesting. All I did was just chirp back what Sin said. Make sure you're, you're putting over like don't. Don't just be like, oh, I hate this guy, he's a piece of crap, and then you lost, and then you're a piece of crap too. Like, we talked about the psychology about that, and I, and like, we had a, we got a good promo. Mm-hmm. We got a good promo. It was in, like, I saw the cogs turning, and God, who, who was I talking to? I can't remember exactly because it was just roller coaster of a night, but just watching everyone, yep. like, uh, did you get any, like, did, uh, did you pick his brain at all, or did you get a chance to talk to him beforehand? Yeah, we we talked beforehand. We ended up having uh, Jeff ended up picking him up from uh, the airport, and we all met for brunch. And it was it was a good conversation, and learned uh, learned quite a bit. Just you know, talking to him, listening to him talk. It's a lot of uh, a lot of interesting ideas, a lot of a lot of real super simple stuff. Like some what? of which you know we've been doing, some of which we could freaking work on a little bit. Like little tweaks. Yeah, just kind of like little things here and there, you know, worrying about like there's certain things, you know, you're going to have complete control over, certain things you're not going to have complete control over, which I think is, uh, you know, doing this for a while, you kind of realize after a while, but no, sometimes you just got to go with the flow and you can really, uh, you know, you come across something better because you just kind of went with it instead of you know, your original idea. The kismet we work with sometimes, and it's one of the things that, like, founding foundations of freaking minefields in general, like, just, that's awesome. You work with what you yeah. got. But he was an absolute gentleman, a gem to have. Uh, I was, I wasn't really worried about it, but at the same time, it was just a, a concern in case anyone, like, you know, uh, we, we don't, I didn't think we have, but I was still worried about it just in case it like someone was feeling cocky that day and, you know, decided that what Sin was saying, you know, was like, you know, you see that, that 
again, a terrible pun, but the young buck that thinks his crap don't stink and not listening to the vet that's literally trying to help him, like, that didn't happen. Yeah. No, definitely, man, It was It was really it was a good time, a great show. Hmm. And we're uh, setting up for the next one October 15th. So that should be a, you know, loads of fun. Man, I, I was I was kind of hoping that we could start the show early on that one and see if uh, you ever seen like where um, uh, like there's a community that doesn't want kids walking around ringing doorbells and do the they'll do the trunk or treat. Mm-hmm. I think that may be cool if we might be able to pull that off. That's something to talk about later. Do a do a cool. new era trunk or treat. Mm. Get the kids to dress up and you know just candy. You know. We we only uh, yeah. It's Halloween, man. It's best best month of the year, for my opinion. But that's that's my goth weirdness. Been like that since I was a kid. Cause you love you some Jack Skellington. Uh, don't even get me into that. <laughs> hmm. uh, no, just yeah. Again, a, a great planning. Uh, newer. Uh, production on freaking uh, the Simbo D show. Revenge was awesome. We had some hiccups before the show even started, but we, we still prevailed. Yeah, we did. That was funny. <laughs> that was a... Even just the whole day itself. Do you realize... Okay, so I fell asleep around like 7 o'clock. That was almost a legit 24-hour day. And that's... We don't even have 24-hour days when we go to Lubbock. Eh, I'd say about that, probably. Pretty close. We're still in town. Pretty close. Hmm. Eight hours there, eight hours back. Freaking probably six to seven hours in the show. It's pretty close to a 24-hour day. Pretty close. Absolutely. Especially we stopped for freaking... Uh, oh, yeah, the hunt. Uh, the hunt. Yeah. Give, it, give us the hunt. Oh, man, the hunt in Lubbock's insane. Freaking, because there's... I don't think there's that many huge comic collectors there, so freaking, if you could find some grails, find some grails. you could find some pretty insane stuff there, because nobody else is really looking. I'm talking about the hunt that we had on Saturday, like, so we, we like, you showed up at, like, what, eight? And, um... Yeah, no, I freaking, uh, showed up, um, yeah, grabbed you around eight, freaking around the road, freaking, uh, we stopped in Castle Rock, and hit up a, a paper fair, the weird little book fair, like uh, I kind of feel bad as like someone that reads a lot of books, but I didn't care about books that day. I wanted comics. We walk in, I'm like, "Hey, ma'am, do you guys have comics?" Well, I think there are. And this guy in front of us, is like, "That's why I'm here." I'm like, "Yeah, well, there's two of us." Then I felt like a jerk. <laughs> yeah, well, there's two of us. Yeah, nah, freaking no. Sure enough, they did. We went and uh, went and talked with a guy, a local guy I know named Joe, who uh, operates out of the flea market. Great, great older gentleman. Got a lot of a uh, lot of silver books, silver age, which is awesome. Freaking, uh, you know, I always end up buying at least a little something, something from him. Freaking, you know, with it with it being a fair, the prices were a little little higher than would be average. Maybe you got the mad hookup. I, I really regret not getting those. Like he had those tick books that were like third, fourth print. I really regret not getting them. Like there's. There's always something special to a tick book. I should have I should have just rescued him. I don't know what I was thinking. <laughs> I don't know what I was thinking. I figured you're talking about those stills. 
Oh, oh man, that was that was a trip, man. He, like so, it, Mr. Joe had a ton of freaking animation cells, and, and I held in my hand original Smurf animation cells with, and like he went out of his way, and he he was really proud of him too, because like it wasn't just like the cell. He he found the background, the the hand painted background that the cells were being animated in front of, and uh, mm-hmm. so he had it. Most of them had the background: He Man, uh, Smurfs, X Men, X Men animated. Dude, if he had a if he had had a morph, I like I wouldn't I wouldn't I wouldn't be making rent this this month. <laughs> like, yeah, but uh, X Men, Batman animated series. Um, yeah, that was a trip. He had some great sci-fi books, Mad Magazines, um, ridiculously overpriced Spawn variants. <laughs> but <laughs> but I can't blame yeah, him. Uh, I can't blame him. Yeah, maybe you're free. Dude, he had a, I remember one of those I was definitely looking at was a, freaking the, uh, the first Silver Age appearance of Riddler. He had that. Probably, I think it was like 800. Freaking, um, I ended up getting a couple, I think, issues of Batman or Detective Comics. You got first silver and, uh, of uh, Two-Face? I, he might have had, no, he didn't have that one. What Two-Face book did you get? I just got a, just got a regular one with Two-Face on. It was just an older older issue that happened to have Two-Face on the cover. Mm-hmm. But I uh, got some old, uh, old Iron Man, because I'm trying to... I'm thinking of slowly building up my Iron Man collection after I got issue one. Now you're just getting bored. A little bit. Now you're just getting bored. Yeah, gotta do something, man, for you until I find that, uh, still looking for that freaking X- Uncanny X-Men 94 in decent condition that's not gonna cost me an arm and a leg or a spleen. Right. I need my spleen. But yeah, no, um, found, found some old Iron Man there, freaking... Got a, uh, we talked over some, a little bit of business for a major key I'm uh, thinking about working on. Yep. And I'll freaking, I'll, I'll mention once, uh, once it's in my hands. Correct. But yeah, that would be the, uh, the biggest key I've ever gotten up to this date. But, um, yeah, no, it was a good time. We freaking stopped and got some, uh, got some Raisin Canes. Oh, that was a great idea. Oh, like. <laughs> like we we proposed this at the last hunt and we just didn't have time but freaking got the big box got the big box yeah. don't ever leave uh by the way fyi minefielders don't ever leave uh old raising canes in your car because tony will not be on a hot day <laughs> on a hot day hot human day and yeah, uh, yeah but that hit the spot before it went sideways but for the for the sauce went south as it were it had to have been the sauce. It had to have been the sauce. Uh, oh, yeah. I ate everything else. <laughs> it was just, yeah, it was just a couple of things of mayo in the back with a bunch of Worcester sauce and pepper in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, we uh, worked our way up north to, uh, to good old Denver. Stopped by our good buddies over there at All Seas. And uh, that's, when, that's when we realized that I need new glasses. <laughs> tell, why don't you tell the tale, Joshua? Yeah, like they've got, they finally had an upper deck little box a little box and i'm talking like by little i mean like uh slightly bigger than a pre-sale event magic the gathering box that usually is going to cost you 25 dollars. slightly bigger so there's maybe like 
I want to say maybe five extra packs in there. So maybe there there probably was ten packs in there. And no, there was definitely more than ten. No, packs, that thing was like say. this big. There was probably oh, ten. No, it, it was it was decent. No, I'd say cigar size box. There was no way it was cigar. It, it was half a cigar. A cigar. Let, let's just like compromise on that. Half a cigar size box. I see twenty five dollars. And the, the dude's like, oh, wow, this is expensive. And I'm like, yeah, it's 25 bucks. He's like, no, this is like two two twenty five. And I'm like... <laughs> he's about to freaking out. He's about to ring it up. Because the thing is, you'd already made your purchases. You already grabbed your comics and your, your, your box. Mm-hmm. Got cut up on Spawn. Gunslinger. Um, and freaking you were like... Uh, and I, I had seen there was a an NXT 2.0 box, which I think was $75. Which was actually smaller than the AEW box. Alright. And like I had I had my glasses on so I could read. And I was like, oh hey, look because you were you were doing your whole thing because every time you come there, you go there, you're like, you haven't have any AEW cards. Yeah. And they never do. They never do. And this time they had the whole they had the whole box all set up and ready for you to purchase. And in your head it's free. And I I, I can see. And freaking, because you were talking about how you got a bonus at work, you had a little bit extra money. You're yeah, feeling, yeah. You're feeling pretty. You're feeling pretty. You freaking swipe the card. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then you freaking, I was like, okay, he's gonna. He, apparently, he's gonna buy this. Cool. What else? You know, good. You know, good on you. Freaking. Um. And guys about to ring it up, and I'm just like. That's a lot more money than I thought he'd be willing to spend. But no, I won't say anything. There's keys on the I wall that I would have bought first. <laughs> yeah. I, I agree. Freaking, and right before he rings it up, freaking he happens to say it's $250. And you're like, hold the phone. <laughs> I thought it was $25. Yeah, yeah. Never mind. Never mind. No, put that back up. Mm-mm. Like, there was, uh, there was no negotiating like I did with old Lobo there. Uh, no, no. I'll give you twenty five dollars for it. If it's two hundred fifty, I'll give you twenty five dollars. Well, okay. <laughs> Josh, you're not gonna bully the poor kid. Into... <laughs> you you already you already got him to freaking hook you up and give you the hookup on preacher number one. Yeah, they did give me the hookup on preacher number one, the mad hookup on preacher number one. But that's because like we've. I really only think that we got that mad hookup because we're legit like, in a band. Yeah, in a band. Yeah, and uh, loyal customers. Yeah, they, they always everyone always thinks we're in a band. You can't even. I don't think you, the loyal customer thing doesn't work though. Cause I think that was the first time we. It was the first at most the second time we'd been there. Uh, that would have been the third or fourth, but definitely the first major purchase. Oh yeah, no, by by all means, definitely. Because you got that one. The first major one I did was when I got a Uncanny X-Men 99 from oh, them. That no, a, 97. First Alondra. That was a great day. Like that was like I a, believe it was the first cameo of Alondra. First cameo of Alondra because we were, like, I was looking it up on the way out. And um, we are making that the left turn ski there before we get to the tent city that used to be there. And, yeah, that, mm-hmm. was, that was a good day, man. I was happy for you. That was the day we almost met uh, Captain Cold. Oh yeah, Captain Cold, and the uh, the 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 at the Home Depot. At the Home Depot, he Jesus, he looked just like him, man. You weren't kidding. Had <laughs> the glasses and everything. Glasses and everything. We were we were about two seconds away from joining the Rogues. Nah, I don't know if we're gonna get in a little kerfuffle, scuffle of you know with uh, some D-list good guys. You know why not? I mean, like they only fight A-listers. They fight the Flash. They fight the Flash. 
I, I wouldn't mind. I wouldn't get my mind, uh, my my butt kicked by the Flash. At least say, like, I mean, at least you're not getting your your butt kicked by the Owl or someone like that's completely weak. Captain Carrot. Yeah, yeah. Well, I actually, I'd pop for Captain Carrot. Captain Carrot. Uh, one of the, is one of one of the issues. Captain Carrot is the first appearance of the Tick. So that would have been cool, but that's like saying that you're excited that like uh, uh, too much coffee, man. If you remember that guy, <laughs> um, you know, you know, stepped on your toe in a airport lobby. Um, but even then, it's still too much coffee, man. I'd have been all right, cool. I dig it. Like he's he scuffed my <laughs> he's, he scuffed my pumas. Ah, uh, mm. them's fighting words. Oh, dude. Well, yeah, no, yeah. So, so what did you actually get from freaking All Seas now that we've caught up what you didn't buy? I got caught up on freaking all the spawns that used to be held for me at Muse because I took too long to get them and they put them back on the shelves. Uh, I'm three out and, uh, yeah, George was like, dude, I'm sorry. Like, uh, Beth is handling stuff and I guess she decided you... You were gone too long. <laughs> and uh, I was like, hey, my bad. I'm just glad you hold them for me. Like, I, I was kind of embarrassed, but, like, I've been to Muse, like, eight months later, and they still had my stuff. But I always would get my stuff. And, uh, for, yeah. and I was just surprised. And, like, they're like, uh, I was like, listen, I don't, like, I don't even know what I don't have. And uh, the... the one, why you need a list. The one girl that was there was like, I can print out a list of everything that you bought last. And I was on a br- I was on my lunch break from work, and like I actually clocked in a little bit later because I made my first list. Ah, see, so making you into a convert. My first list: Gunslinger, Scorch, crossing them off, and it was re- honestly, man. I'm not trying to make it into a gimmick. It was making my mind like like scramble. I'm looking at them, and I'm like, okay, I've got that one. I've got that one. Okay, I scratched it off. But we I, I know I scratched that one off, but did I actually see it? It was it was really messing with me. Like 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 and uh so I am missing scorch number three. Uh, apparently I don't have number one. It's gotta be in a, it's gotta be one of the boxes in my because I got scorched before I moved. Um so I know it's in mm-hmm. one of those boxes, and I'm missing uh freaking three issues of saga. Uh Joker 13 and 14, Spidey 89 to 93 before they restart from 1 to 8, Last X-Wing number 7, I'm missing King Spawn number King Spawn number 7 uh, and 327 of actual Spawn but like dude like <sighs> that hurt like not having like okay like Ed will always take care of stuff Mm-hmm. But a hole in my spawn collection, unfreaking acceptable. <laughs> unfreaking acceptable because these, I mean, like, you know, there's been times where you're like, okay, like, we're leaving and you're like, hey, check out those spawn variants. I'm like, yeah, that's cool. Get them. <laughs> I don't need them. Ed's like. And you go back for them. Oh, yeah, we, yeah, yeah. Freaking. That's why I bought those burgers that one time and one time because I felt like I was pretty much just paying the money forward that I'd be paying months in it later when I find them for like thirty dollars extra. Like, yeah, get Morales some freaking get some burgers and the, the sweet tea. 
We need to do that place again. <laughs> we need to do that place. That's why I paid that day, because I felt like freaking you were saving me money. <laughs> I was paying it forward, freaking. Uh, we need to go back to that place again. I love that little gimmick place in front of Ed's, man. Oh, the shortstop? Yeah, it's pretty freaking awesome. Yeah, that place is great. <laughs> yeah, we but yeah no, freaking, yeah. But, you know, I actually, uh, actually didn't get too much at freaking uh, All Seas this time. I just got a couple of uh, rando, uh, non-key issue, 500, no, was it, yeah, in the 500 run of uh, Batman. So nice. I was trying, so working on breaking those down a little bit. I got, I think I'm down to, like, 19 to having that whole 500 issue, uh, everything between 500 and 600 of Batman now. You were, we were discussing that on the way out, and uh, freaking like, I'm always like I've always wanted to write a movie. Like, okay. It involved in wrestling or comic books, and it occurred to me that the movie should be like we've done the hunt, we put the work in, and we haven't we haven't had our big break yet, and now we're robbing comic stores. <laughs> <laughs> Like, like in my head, it's like, 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 if we robbed all C's, um, we'd be leaving, and I'm like about to grab that AEW box, and you're like, no, they'll know it's us. <laughs> they'll know it's us. If that one's gone, they'll know it's us. <laughs> we can't get, we can't come back. That is something I would say. We can't come back. We're like, can't come back. Like, heard you got robbed. <laughs> you, we know you robbed us. <laughs> That AEW, that AEW missing box said it all. Nobody, nobody else would want this. <laughs> now you'll never get that Kenny Omega rookie card. The Kenny Omega rookie card. <laughs> no, he's he's in freaking Japan right now with uh, Bushi. That was nice. Him and his uh, him and his boy are like hanging out. I love seeing those guys together, man. It makes me happy. Nice, nice. But it scared the heck out of me, man. Cause freaking, uh, I don't know why. I, I I had some real, I had some really bad dreams, and I had this really weird sense of dread over me all day long, and uh, like something bad was gonna happen. And then I saw him there, and like I know he's got the video game conference coming up, but even then, I'm like, oh, God, like any day now, we're gonna see like in the rag sheets, the elites quits. I'm like, no, like. <laughs> Other weird stuff happened to me, work, but even then, like, yeah, you're way more invested in the elite than I am. That's for sure. <laughs> I got the vest. It's true. That is true. But yeah, no, we ended up moving the hunt on to freaking, of course, you know, Mile High Comics. You know, uh, did you pick up? You, you picked up something from Mile High, didn't you? No, I was going to because I, in my in my notes, I'd written down the first Prince of the Corinthian was issue eleven. And they're like, yeah, we got it. Very fine. 35 bucks. And he hands it to me. I'm like, this isn't the first Prince of Corinthian. And we look it up. It's issue 10. And he's like, like the long, uh, Dave was like, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, bro, this is wrong time to be shopping for Sandman. <laughs> he's like 320. And then I think like the, the first Prince of Parasite, uh, that you were looking for, cause I owed it for you for the bet, uh, that I lost zero for four. Um, freaking, um, uh, like, like the, they had like a almost mint copy for like $800. I'm like, yeah, I'm just going to give you the 50. You can hunt it down. That sounds about right. Yeah. 
But yeah, don't don't worry about that one. I got that one handled. <laughs> you got it for five dollars at the flea market, and <laughs> no, I don't have it yet. It's on its way though. You get anything? Freaking uh, yeah. For you gave me that. You freaking you you uh, sent me that fifty bucks. It was I bought it right then and there, like freaking twenty minutes later. I told just you, to, man. The Venmo just to make sure the Venmo was worth it, man. Did you order the card yet? No. Get the card, man. Just that way you have it. When I invariably lose another bet, <laughs> and, uh, you can just spend it. Like it's it's a nice like my Venmo card is like where I get paid for all my photo gigs and shit. Almost. Um, nice. Uh, that's like my my extra petty cash or you know that little thing. But yeah, get the card, man. It's just a, it's a it's the it's got the tap and I got the pink one, obviously. It is what it is. There's a blue one for boys, too. <laughs> Didn't even say it. That happens, man. I was going to leave it be. But no, freaking, um, yeah, it wasn't, you know, obviously didn't get the uh, Action Comics 340 that I had my eye on. But I freaking was able to pull up freaking Detective Comics 411. Which is actually the uh, the first appearance of Talia Al Ghul, and I was able to freaking grab that one, and that was I was actually freaking kind of did the math and everything. I was like, okay, it'd be about this, and I actually was able to get it for cheaper than I thought I would. God bless that Paul. Yeah, love that guy. Freaking, anytime you can. That, that's, it's kind of funny, man. It's one of those things, freaking. Uh, when you get a when you when you, when you Throw yourself out there into the comic book ether. Right. You you you, you meet people that are going to help you out. Yeah, it's and like it's kind of it's it's kind of a it's kind of a it's an interesting community because everybody kind of everybody wants to see everybody succeed and you know every now and again you'll get you'll meet a guy that prices are substantially more than other people's. You know, it's it's kind of more readily acceptable if like you're at a con or something like that because you know they're paying for their they're they're paying to be there right so like it's kind of like okay you know it makes sense raise the book raise the price of the books a little bit here a little bit there you know but like you really kind of meet those people that really want to like just kind of see you get the books that you know they 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 think you're into you know, people want to, people want to buy, people want to sell, but it's like people kind of really want to, you know, there's something special about having that, that collector's unity almost. Correct. And that's always freaking, that's awesome, man. Freaking, you got a guy that, you know, is willing to, you know, go into the, the deep recesses of their vault to find you that one book you're looking for at that given occasion. Correct. That's freaking awesome, man. They, they know how much it means to you. Like, they, they absolutely yeah. know how much it means to you, and, like, they're like, okay, like, it's this price, but for you, I'll, it's like, it's like the nice guy pawn shop guy, like, like, that never happens, uh, but, but mm -hmm. it comes with comics, like, this is gonna be worth it, like, when I was talking to Jeff, and he's like, are these comics gonna be something you'll cherish? I'm like, I'll be buried with them. Are you kidding me? <laughs> uh, yeah. He just wanted to make sure they had a good home. I mean, like, that's another key aspect to the hunt. And um, it's it's just meeting the the fellow like-minded uh, gentlemen and gentlewomen out there that 
uh, understand, man. Like, uh, freaking, I've got a couple of um, issues of uh, extra issues of sheet number one. I give you one, mm-hmm. right? I give you one uh, sheet number one, right? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, goes those. I know you gave me a couple of issues of sheet. I'm pretty sure one is one of them. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure I gave you one of the ones, and freaking, it mm-hmm. went, it went to a safe spot where it's going to be cherished and kept safe, um, just the ethos, man, we're, we're building a solid freaking foundation, and we're meeting some cool people out there, but it's a commitment, man, I mean, like, we're, like, I, I kind of feel like, like the way it was when I read old wizard books, you know, I, I buy wizard mm-hmm. because I can only afford, uh, Spawn and Spidey, but I still want to know what's going on and the other stuff. And like, you know, like I feel like the way we've gone completely, frankly, we're, it's what we do with the hunt is frankly ludicrous. I mean, like if other people knew, like, I was going to say bonkers, but <laughs> ludicrous works. Bonkers, ludicrous, uh, uh, bonk, bonkers, um, completely bonkers that how much we put effort into this. But even then, like it's, we're invested in so many other things. I think ludicrous would work more. Say that one ludicrous. ludicrous. Ludicrous? I dig it. Ludicrous. Ludicrous, I dig it. But yeah, no, I freaking, it's, it's, but it's true though. I mean, you find, you know, you see those people that when like, when you find that one book you're looking for that you've been missing and freaking like, you know, or if some, you know, you got a guy that's like willing to help you out. It's like, Hey, you know, it says this price, but I'll give it to you for this price. Or right, if you're if you're looking for a specific book, and he's like, I gotta go check in the back, and then he comes out with it, you're like, yes, yeah. When that, but at the same time, though, when you're with your homie and you see him get it, like it's a high five moment, man. Like I, I was just as happy as you were when that dude brought out that freaking like missing piece of Craven's Last Hunt for you, man. He had it. Yeah. He had it. He's like, hold on, let me check. And he, it wasn't like a, it wasn't a chore to him. Like he's, uh, we're we're into it and freaking, like uh, when it when it back to uh, rewind to Muse and then, and George's like, hey, I'm sorry. I'm like, no, I'm sorry. I've been gone for a while. Uh, and he's like, no, no, no. Um, and I, I was like, man, I, I really, because I get all my DC books at Ed's. Mm-hmm. I get my uh, in my indies. And I get, like, the mainstream Marvels and um, Spawn books at Muse. It's special to me. Uh, yeah. And they, they, but he showed me that he cherished my business. And, like, I was like, okay. And they, they gave me the list of what I would last bought. And I got the ones that, that were there that I didn't have. And she's, the one chick's ringing me out. And he's like, do you want to restart your pools? And I was like, would you let me? He's like, absolutely, man. We love your business. Like, of course, man. And, um. It, they made me feel like you know some Johnny come lately or like oh you cost us money. Um, it's important, man. Comics to comics. Yeah. To comics. Clinkity clink. Yeah. Speaking of which, should we uh, should we get to what's in the box? We get what's in the box. Uh, you first. All right. So as we uh. You know, we were talking about X titles earlier, and freaking, I really was. We both were really big fans of the last run of Hellions. Hmm. You know, so much so that I made it a point to try to collect either, you know, on purpose or inadvertently, uh, collect all the first appearances of all the Hellions. 
You finished. And I, I picked up. I picked up most of them. But I was only by the time it was all said and done, I'd even gotten Mister Sinister. Right. But there was one character I was unable to get his first appearance. Until now, I bring to you Uncanny X-Men 54, first appearance of Alex Summers, Havoc. Hold on, let me look at that some more. Wow, that's gorgeous. Who did the cover? Yeah. Uh, it's very Kirby-esque. It's not Kirby, but freaking, it's Kirby-esque. I don't know off the top of my head, but yeah, man, freaking, uh, yeah, don't, this is one I've been working on trying to find a decent enough deal for probably the last six months nice. easily, probably a little bit longer than that. We need to invest in some white gloves. <laughs> yeah, I'm at work. Yeah, I'm at work. Hmm. But yeah, I know that's, this officially completes my, uh, entire Entire t- team debuts of all the Hellions. That's awesome, man. So super excited about that one. Plus, I, it's another another pre '94 X Men book. I think I want to say it rounds it up to right around probably 10, 11 issues I've got so far. Nice. Pre '94. My books I got is something. It's it's a it's kind of a niche thing, or how do I even say it? I mean, like. Deadpool is everywhere. Yep. Everywhere. Deadpool kills the Marvel Universe. Deadpool does this. But my cherished collection of uh, full runs that I have, I have the entire Daniel Way uh, series uh, that started right before, like, the tail end of Secret War. Um, not Secret Wars. Uh, freaking um, Secret, Secret Invasion. Secret Invasion. Um the, the first issue of that was uh, Deadpool was commissioned to uh, figure out, like, find the secret how to kill the Super Squirrel. He sends the communique to Fury, but it gets intercepted by freaking uh, Norman Osborn. But that's that's neither here nor there. That, having that run is, like, that's better than having the freaking uh, Deadpool cable run. Um, but what I got in the box is the Deadpool Max two-part series. By David Lapham and Kyle Baker. And uh, show a couple of these here. Oh, nice. Uh, I think you saw me pull these out uh, when we were going through uh, my collection and my storage. But um, mm-hmm. these are NC-17 books, man. Like, if you thought that freaking uh, Punisher Max was hardcore, I mean, like, you know, they said the F word every now and then. No. This is Hydra Bob and Deadpool at their absolute worst with some of the most uh, whimsical, like, messy-looking art, but still gorgeous in its own right. This is all painted. And it's also uh, Deadpool at his worst. There's a couple of issues uh, where they pull off a huge bank robbery and spend all of the money on a garbage bag of cocaine, him and Hydra Bob. And the most uh-huh. expensive prostitute that they can find in France, who is like nine hundred pounds, and and apparently worth every penny, while at the same time an escaped mental patient who believes herself to be Domino, is hunting down Deadpool because they're in love, <laughs> they're in love, and uh, it was, 
like uh, like old, you know, if you're a fan of John, Johnny the Homicidal Maniac, you can't say the word wacky without uh, expecting to get a stick of dynamite thrown into your uh, urinal or your your stall where you're, where you're dropping one. Uh, this was completely insane. It was completely like they they say Deadpool's off the wall. I mean, it, there's no there's no uh, snarky jokes. It's just mm-hmm. it's NC seventeen at its best. There's a little bit of nudity, but I'm not like expecting nudity. But like it, over nudity would have like diminished the art of this. It was just completely adult. What I would expect Deadpool, and this is why one of the reasons why my the bar for what I expect Deadpool to be almost always misses the mark because it's not this. I mean the the two Ryan Reynolds movies are great. I loved them. They're hilarious, but it's still not this. It's yeah. it's still not this. Every time I try to read a Deadpool book, it's just like snarky jokes and and by snarky I mean like you know that little bit of hate with sarcasm with uh, oh it's okay that I said that because I'm me and it's that's what we do. Uh, no no yeah no garbage bag cocaine. 800-pound freaking prostitute, Hydrobob, ODing, sign me up. Good luck finding these minefielders, because you ain't. <laughs> mm. Cheers to the, uh, what's in the box. Viva. Viva the box. Viva El Boxo. We're going to wake a boy up. She's going to hear some bad Spanish. It's true. Killer shirt, by the way, man. Thank you. You have literally the best Eddie Guerrero shirts on the planet. Like, both of them. Both of them. <laughs> both of them. I imagine that when you expire, those are the shirts that they're going to bury you with. Yeah, maybe. I imagine the lonely ghost of Tony Morales. Who, who has my shirts? <laughs> <laughs> if they don't maybe 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 what do we got next man let's get in the, let's get in the thick let's get in the thick milkshake uh give me some i am batman man because i i didn't realize this one came out man you're you're bragging about it and i, and I felt like an idiot because i missed it yeah we number, got one here i'm say number number 13 ski yeah 13 ski Titled, Enter the Question. So, yeah, we're uh, hanging out in New York still. You know, Batman and the Batman and the Question are trying to figure out how they're going to bust Detective Keenan. Because uh, Batman, Jace Fox Batman, yes, sir. is positive that he is one that killed this um, killed this guy who was rallying people against against the cops, and this guy ended up dead. Then Anarchy had come to town to look for the guy and look for who killed him, and Anarchy ended up dead. And Batman is positive that this cop, Detective Keenan, is the guy that did it, or at least knows somebody who did. And the question's telling them that you've got to get, you know, you can't just, we can't just take your word for it. We've got to have evidence. We've got to have proof. You know, that, that's not the, 
you know, how do we, you know, it takes a lot to convict a cop. So you gotta, you know, we need an airtight case. And as we all know, the question is actually Renee Montoya, Obviously. who is, yep, who is going up and trying to, uh, or who is being pursued by the uh, commissioner to take over or to become the commissioner of the NYPD. So I, well, I don't believe she's officially taken the position yet. She's definitely on the lookout for it. You know, the, while we're doing, she's the hmm? inter, she's the interim commissioner. Yeah. And while we're dealing with this, Jace's little sister, uh, Tiffany, is worried about her friend Kaylin, who just got out of jail, and she's hanging out with this, this boy, and they both have these gang tattoos, and she's worried that this boy is going to try to take her, her friend, and bring her back to the life of a gang member. And freaking, she actually goes to Jace about it, and he's just like, you know, you need to, you need to stay out of this. Just let her, you know. She's, you know, she she's gonna do what she's gonna do, and you just gotta let her do it. And Tiffany's just not, not gonna deal with that. She ain't having it. You know, at the same time, Montoya's over here talking with you know Detective Keenan about just scenarios and just kind of letting him talk to see what he's willing to just let slide out. You know, he's very angry about the, uh, you know, the the vigilantes coming to town and kind of, you know, taking away from the cops, you know, respect levels of, you know, all the hard work they do to be cops. And same time, he's he's trying to bring up the, uh, you know, the people in Alleytown, which is where the, uh, the body of the boy was found. And, you know, He's just like, you know, that riot, you know, force was definitely needed. And she's like, the riot could have been much worse. But uh, he's like, you know, unlike, unlike the vigilantes, we had your back. And, you know, he's talking about how a few bad actors travel to, from New York City to Gotham and then stir up crap in Alleytown. And she's just like, well, what happened there? And he's like, uh, you know, they didn't make the trip after all. You know, you're welcome. Insinuating that him and some of the cops um, murdered these rioters or these actors before they, you know, went down to make the situation worse. So they were plants that ended up being like murdered patsies. Pretty much. Or not not murdered patsies, but like they, they were... They showed up as plants, but ended up being victims for the cause against Batman and any capes in the city. Yep. Okay. And then we end up learning about, uh, you know, Jace is talking with his ex-girlfriend, Hadaya. And we kind of learn a little bit more about Hadaya because, you know, she's talking, they're talking about how everybody's got a past they're trying to make up for. And apparently her past was that her father was a, was into some bad stuff, but it led to her being, you know, living a, a wealthier life. So she let it slide. But then it turned out that uh, some very bad men were going to murder her dad. 
And as she ended up, she ended up running home to tell her father that way they could do something about this. Um, he, uh, she walked in on her father beating her mom. So she just, she didn't tell him. <laughs> and she actually, she ended up walking, uh, watching him drive away the next morning and he was never seen again. And she's kind of, she's uh, talking about how that's her cross to bear because she basically, she, you know, she didn't do anything personally, but she, you know, led to her father's death because she didn't get involved. There's his, there's his racial goal. Eh, quite possibly. I'm, I'm, I'm skimming through it here and the, the way, I mean like this little dinner scene here. Mm -hmm. Seeing the car, he's never seen or heard from again. Uh, I don't know, man. I, I think that's some serious foreshadowing there. I'm, 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 ar I'm armchair booking this one. Uh, could be. <clears throat> you know, we come up with uh, his little sister Tiffany confronting her friend Kaylin. You know, and she's just like, you know, she's just kind of like, I'm gonna, you know, she's like, you know, you can't, you're not, basically, you're not the boss of me. I'm gonna do what I'm gonna do. And she's just, she tells her, you know, I'm not, I don't think you can help any of us in all honesty. And we've been building for the last few issues of uh, the frustration in Tiffany building because she just wants to help. And she can't figure out a way to do it on her own. You seeing the colors here? Oh yeah, no, there's definitely some, uh, if you're going to get any foreshadowing, that's your foreshadowing. There's the foreshadowing there. Yeah, now we go back to the question and Batman talking. You know, like, and, you know, Shadow of your question agrees that there's something about him. You know, but there's still, there's still not enough evidence. But the question is talking about how it's not going to be, from, you know, the question she was asking, it's not going to be hard to, you know, get the information they need directly from Keenan. You know, and then they start talking about anger. And, you know, as the question walks off, she's talking about, you know, whatever's driving you, get it in check before it ends up leaving you buried. And we end up going back to the, uh, the police station. And Keenan's on the, Keenan answers the phone call and it's from Batman. You know, Keenan's kind of, you know, talking about how, you know, I want to apologize for almost putting a bullet in your head last time. And Batman responds with, you know, no worries for you to run in with Detective Chubb, you know. Heard they're letting you actually eat solid food again. <laughs> and Batman just calls him out. He's like, you know, hey, we need to talk about Danny Chen, who was the, uh, the gentleman that was murdered. And he's just like, you know, meet me here at this time. And, you know, of course, you know, police have, uh, you know, he's got snipers waiting to shoot Batman on sight. You know, and, he, and Keenan's trying to be cool about it. And before long, you know, he's like, take him down. And turns out the, uh, the question had handled all the snipers already. Nice. So they're looking for answers here. But, uh, you know, at the end of the day, Keenan's saying, you know, he's like, you know, if you really cared, you know, you'd quit messing with me and find out who actually killed Chen. You know, basically saying he didn't do it. 
and none of the uh, none of the cops he's associated with fessed up to it. You know, we go back to Tiffany, and she's you know talking to the the boy that's trying to get her friend back into the gangs. And the whole thing is, you know, she's like, you know, he's blowing smoke in her face and telling her, you know, he's gonna do what he she's gonna he's gonna do. And she's just like, you know, that seems to be the final straw. You know, last thing we see before she leaves the house, we see her find a a, a green mask, put her on her over her face. Next thing you know, she's on top of a building, looking down at the gang members. And she looks like she's just about to become a Robin. I'm loving it. I I, I feel stupid not seeing that, that coming. Really? No, I mean, like... I, I think that just is a testament to how good this book is, is that, like... I was so involved with the story that I didn't start, like, watching it as a writer. Like... I always watch Law and Order SVU because my mom watches it and she likes to talk about it with me. But like within ten yeah. min- within ten minutes, I'm like, okay, that like I know exactly what's gonna happen and who did it. And um, when when you can invest a writer in something, and I'm sure you you have the same uh, issue because you're a writer too, man. Like you 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 do all this stuff, it's just different uh, different genre, but freaking mm-hmm. uh, you might have saw it coming. I was so invested in the story that, um, and you know how much I hate, uh, and we've talked about it before, like, you know, like, oh, let's make, let's make Batman black. Okay, why not? But, like, it's got to be good. You can't just do that and be disingenuous and think that you can trick black people into reading a book just because Batman's black now. Like, there's other books that have better things going on that's not a cash grab. But to Mm -hmm. invest a writer in something, and then I'm just all about it, and... Uh, I'm loving it. I even, I even love her freaking Bush League Robin suit. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, it's very it's very homemade, which I think behooves the character at this point. Yeah, they, they've done a lot of really good stuff with moving, moving this Batman out of Gotham, introducing unique, different villains. Mm-hmm. You know, you know the, the difference between, with the cops... You know, some of the cops are on the team, on the strike force, and everybody else associated with the police hates it. Right. You know, and then the the, the entire bills of the family, which is freaking, for the most part, they seem like a relatively tight-knit family, except for um, the two brothers, Luke and Jace, having issues still, which I feel like we're really going to, that's going to build to something at some point. Like his Azrael or something like that, something or something. <clears throat> well, headbutt. Well, you got to remember Luke. Luke Fox is a Batwing, so he's already he's already been a superhero, right? I did not. And he that. also doesn't know that his brother is you know this new version, the next Batman. It still intrigues me that so. we've never really gotten like a, to my best of my knowledge, where New York is like a like a staple in the DC universe. It's always been Coast City. No, that's the thing. That's the thing. They've always, they've always used different names for cities like Central City or Coast City or Gotham or Themyscira or Metropolis. Yeah. It's always, it's always non or Smallville. You know, it's never, the DC's always, 
shied away from those 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 big city names while Marvel's completely and utterly embraced it. But they, every now and then they do the opposite, and the the one like you know, like one of the first conversations we ever had was like you, you, like you, I don't care what story you're trying to present to me. You tell me it's in Madripoor, sign me up. <laughs> like, at, like that's got to be Bangkok, right? You would think, yeah. Yeah, it's got. It, like, I, I love it, and uh, but what a great story. What, what does confuse me because I, I read Batgirls earlier was that Montoya, like flat out, refuses to help uh, Babs and the Bat Batgirls to, enough that she pulls her strings, uh, heartstrings enough and professional like working relationship like you always hack into our stuff like read between the lines figure it out yourself like you're always going to be able to get into our stuff um do it yourself and you know babs shows up and freaking um like yeah we, we're we're not going to go that way i mean we they they could but the challenge had been presented to babs like you know don't just hack into our stuff and you know they mentioned like she's like you know technology betrayed me from fear state what what the, I I did want to bring up Batgirls for one specific reason is that Babs okay. Babs is in a wheelchair at the beginning. She mentions her back pain like twice throughout the book, but what's going mm -hmm. on with the back? Um, like I, I know that like like whatever treatment she's been doing that's kept her on her feet isn't working. Um, is that what's am I reading too much into it? No, it definitely it definitely something they're building too. I think at some point the. Uh the implant they put in her to help her walk is going to freaking give out on her. Is it like the palladium thing in Iron Man 2? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, whatever they put in her back to freaking help her walk again, I think at some point is going to give out and freaking... She's going to end up back in that wheelchair. It was a fun... It was a fun little book, man. Like, uh, it was definitely a tweener issue. I really like the fact that, like, Becky Cloonan established metalhead established artist is writing like i don't want to say a kid's book but it definitely like it's it's if i was a teenager and wanted a book that was adult enough it's it's funny it, like she like it's a lot of spider-man quips and uh, mm -hmm. I, I actually really enjoyed it like like where i was complaining about snarky comedy and though like there's there's some haha -ha to this the artwork matches it and We've got the gauntlet thrown down by Montoya, Babs. We've got Babs and Dick. Any any excuse to see Babs and Dick. And you, you see where I'm getting at here, because I love the romance. And uh, You are a sucker for a good romance story. I am, I am a sucker for a good romance. Not as much as Colin. Colin is the one that will collect actual old school, like, 50s and, like, 60s, like, legit, like, romance Marvel books and DC books. Like teen dating books and not just freaking Archie books where it's just, you know, Archie juggling Betty and Veronica, but she Hulk number six, man. Um, before I get into this, um, did you see, I think I asked you this the other day, you saw she Hulk issue, episode four, right? I did. Yes. Ooh, that was a sexy, sexy thing. I would not like the last time a, visual presentation of a woman got me so on edge I just wanted to reach in to the TV and dive in was the fifth element. And before that it was Tank Girl. 
and freaking uh, Jennifer Walters, and just makes me more proud of my poster. She's gorgeous. Uh, she was sexy. Oh my god, yeah. My, <laughs> oh my god, like she picks them up and takes them to the bedroom, and I, I like I'm glad what they showed was was enough. But freaking, then we get this book, and it's a romance novel, and. Uh, it's a romance book. Like, her and Hellcat, they're discussing boys. They're discussing work. They're having brunch. She's wearing something, you know, whimsical for the day. It's not just, uh, it's not just, uh, you know, the leotard. She's got, like, a sundress on. She's feeling good about herself. She's got money. She's got some clientele. Like, she's, her... Uh, Mallory, Mallory Book, her uh, actual nemesis, um, we've discussed before. Uh, her her boss is like no superhero, hero, no supervillain clientele at all. And uh, oh, by the way, uh, someone's in your office waiting for you. It's Nightcrawler, and <laughs> and uh, uh, it's Nightcrawler, and he's chilling, incognito, Spider Man baseball hat. He's got the glasses, which I think is hilarious because he's still blue. <laughs> he's still blue. Yeah. And, uh, he still owns a tail. Yeah, Mallory Book is on on the DL dating Awesome Andy, the uh, the receptionist. He's basically an android, and every time Mallory gets mad at him, she erases his memory and restarts dating him. And he's fine with it. He's fine with it. And like I said, we just came from a brunch. Uh, it's uh, what did they say? It's uh, fancy dress and cake day. And she's like, how do you know about fancy dress and cake day? Like, it's this little gimmick that they made, like, her and Hellcat made. But, you know, that's, we're going to get together, you know, every now and then, just wear a fancy dress and have some cake. And, uh, the, the, uh, there's no fighting in this book. No punching at all. N- not even a, a little bit of a, of a, uh, any bit of, um, It was awful. No, it was great. <laughs> it was great. It was great because you know I'm a sucker for those books when like you get a little bit more uh, expounding on like get a little bit of peace time. And hey, I told you no superhero, no supervillain cases. Nightcrawler's in your office, and she said, "Hey, what's going on?" And he's like, "Yeah, just chilling. Good to see you, babe. I uh, love the uh, pretty dress and cake day." She said, "How do you know about that?" And what do you need, man? She's he's like uh, Krakoa needs representation. All right. Um, What does that mean? Okay, so we have visa problems. We have drug distribution problems. Uh, Basically, you're going to be getting like a billion dollars a year just handling all this four of us. And uh, he leaves and, uh, do you take another superhero case? Yeah. I told you. I hate you. It's not why I hired you. We just hired Kokoa. Really? <laughs> really? Nice. And um, she goes home, and uh, Jack of Hearts is chilling at her apartment that she's been hanging out because um, um, the wasp let her stay there. And he's been chilling. He's depowered. Uh, this is still. Uh, he showed up before the big Fantastic Four story where he got lost and came back and got his powers back. But uh, he's been pretty much just chilling. Like, uh, he found a job. She gives him, she actually gets his uh, Avengers uh, profile dossier, and he's wearing her favorite hoodie, and he's not giving it back, and they're just having a little back and forth. He makes her some lasagna, and it's a good little date, and 
she plants one on him, man. Like, she she makes the move. And there's one, two, two whole pages of them smooching. And then she holds her hands out, and they go to the bedroom. I've never better I've never read a better romance comic in my life. It made me so happy. <laughs> it made me so happy. <laughs> this book is great. Like uh, I wish that the um, artwork was a little bit more on par with what the uh, covers are. Nice uh, digitally airbrush type covers, but the covers always match what's going on in the inside. The inside artwork does not suck. Actually, it's it's not all talking heads. There's a lot of emotion. I mean, uh, the artist is really pouring their heart and soul and making sure that every... It, it's full-on, like, soap opera. It's uh, Luca Maresca drawing this. She's in a, a yellow sundress. Does she have some big old hangers hanging out? No. You can tell they're big. She's got some junk in the trunk, but, like, she, it's not, like... 90s BS, you know? Like, it's not cold in the room, you know? Like, they, they went out yeah. there. They, they didn't go out of the way to do that. She's chilling. She's got the the perfect quaff and chilling with her homie. And I, I just really enjoyed to read a comic book where there wasn't, like, so much conflict. It was just her enjoying her favorite people and her boss, who is a hypocrite, but you know what? Screw it. You just hired Krakoa. We're set for life. <laughs> like Even if Krakoa yeah. only lasts a month more than what it's doing, we're set for life, and uh, she's really making it work. She's really making it work. The first couple issues, like, she, you know, down and out. Uh, after the, the Red She-Hulk thing in Russia, Avengers are pissed at her, freaking um, doesn't have a pot to pee in, man, and now she's Really making it work. I, I, I love it. And even if you're not a She-Hulk fan, pick this up. It'll it'll really like lift the clouds that are might be hanging over your head. It's a lot of fun. And awesome. I I I never thought I would ever deliver a review like that. <laughs> never. I don't know. I never expected anything, but in all honesty, but what yeah. ifs? It happens. It's one of those things, man. It's like, it's like a rewind back in my head. When you met Jenny, were you confused that I wasn't gay, or you saw that she was a complete piece of crap? Either way, there was a lot of confusion. Probably both. <laughs> I don't know. I was the eyes, man. My my wife will always say, if, if somebody's smile doesn't reach their eyes, they're in, they're something you need to watch out for. And the smile just didn't connect. You know, it's funny you say that because uh, when uh, my mom and I were, like, hanging out, because I, I still go to my mom and I have bad breakups and we have lunch, and I was like, yeah, I remember when Morales met her, freaking, like, he was walking up to her, and she shook her hand out, and he was, like, three feet in front of her. He was headed to get closer to shake her hand, and he stopped dead in his tracks. And she's like, why didn't that key you on? And I'm like, well, I... She never met her, you know, obviously, but that that should have keep me on. You you stopped in your tracks like three feet in front of her, and you leaned in and shook her hand. Yeah, sometimes you just tell. 
Now, my mom, now, what my mom always says is if they don't look you, like, I, I've never heard that if their, their smile doesn't meet their eyes, that's, that's genius. What my mom always tells me is if they don't look you in the eye, you have a problem. Mm-hmm. You, you have a big problem. Yeah. But, uh, you still gotta let your homie make his mistakes, right? <clears throat> yeah. At that point, I wasn't gonna tell you nothing you were gonna listen to, so it's all good. Yeah, but even then, I would have listened to you, but even then, like, you know, like, there's other things that we've talked about that very similar. Yeah, we'll be there, we'll be there when it goes wrong. Exactly. Yeah, it'd be cool. It's different yeah, with that, man. If the smile doesn't meet the eyes, you'll know. I dig that, man. <laughs> I dig that. Now, I tried to read the uh, Flash fastest man alive book but then i saw it said movie adaptation caught tie-in i was like yeah no <laughs> like absolutely not eh, it wasn't horrible but it's definitely a uh a newer flash and it's definitely an adaptation of the uh the way they present him in justice league he's not csi he's not smart and i'm just not yeah I'm just not, I'm not the biggest fan of the way they portrayed him in Justice League. I think he's definitely the, uh, the weakest member. And I, like, it, it was better here because he kind of talked about anxiety and, like, he doesn't want to screw up because he's new at it when that, it made sense. But at the same time, I'm like, yeah, maybe, I mean, I think it made me, I think it, it made it, it it did make it better because you kind of you kind of see things from this this interpretation of the flash's set up the way he is and it kind of makes more sense than if he was just like oh hey here i am i'm the flash i you know left this guy in the convenience store because he tried to rob it i'm hungry i like pizza i'm always hungry i'm also full of anxiety get out uh, of here like it works but i'm just like man i just I just prefer the Barry Allen that's been doing this for a while and is good at being the Flash. Now, I'm glad you brought this up because the rumor is is that the Snyderverse is done. Like, it's not coming back. It's just done. And especially with Ezra Miller uh, going off the deep end, we're probably going to get the Flash. I'm hoping some rogue member of Warner Brothers, like, escapes with a bootleg copy of uh, the Batgirl movie and we can at least see... Freaking Keaton, even if it's in bad quality, see that again. Just see what they had to offer us. But even then, um, this might be a good opportunity because... Release the Batgirl cut. <laughs> release the Batgirl cut. To, to freaking give us a give us a better version of the DC Universe, movie-wise. Movie okay, so you saw what doesn't work. You saw what trying to copy what Marvel does is didn't work that's where they that's where they went wrong they tried to give you justice league two two or three movies in instead of building a universe like right. that's what made marvel work because right. that's the thing is dude marvel freak dude marvel used their second third string superheroes to establish this universe yes they did freaking you know iron man i like iron man a bunch of people like iron man iron man was not seen as a top tier hero I Captain not... America, Captain America is right, but like the majority of the Avengers are freaking not 
talk to your heroes. In terms of popularity or palpability, yeah. like you know, but you know, Sony had freaking Spider Man, Fox had the X Men. Um, I think New Line had Blade. Yep, Favreau said, "You know, hold my beard," like he said with the Mandalorian. Freaking, uh, yeah. here's my point with it was that after the uh, the Force Awakens comes out and J.J. Abrams like can't pl- you can't please everybody and uh, Favreau says hold my beer uh, we've had so many hiccups with Marvel movies the the Hulk movie uh, then the Incredible Hulk and not everyone really dug those um, but then Favreau said hold my beer and next thing we know we got freaking Iron Man. Dude, Tom Morello was in that movie. He was one of the insurgents from Rage Against mm-hmm. the Machine. Like, like it was, it was genius. And yeah. and I, I, I didn't ever think of it that it was like B-listers because I was just so in love with. Let me phrase that. I was so trusting of Favreau, mm-hmm. just in general. But I was already in the Favreau boat after the replacements and uh, Swingers and a few other things he's done. Um, yeah. That he's never disappointed me, and um, he hold my beer. Here's Iron Man, and then, and then let's just run with it, and let's uh, hopefully we have the some next up and comer. Um, Marvel has uh, Taika. Uh, Taika Waititi, Waititi. Yep. Um, yeah, but that's I mean that's the thing, dude. Like, like you could tell, like the entirety of Phase One was brilliantly planned out beforehand like this is what we're doing this is how we do it you know we're gonna we're gonna give you a bunch of heroes you know you're gonna know them all but you're not necessarily gonna care like dude i didn't know anybody in the freaking the only one i knew from guardians of the galaxy previously was drax and gabora right i never i'd never heard of star lord uh the only time i'd ever seen rocket raccoon was in a one of the Marvel versus um, Capcom games, and I thought he was a Capcom character. I did too. The only reason I learned later was because Colin got me into Guardians of the Galaxy, the Dab, uh, Abnet, and um, what's his name run, and but even then, like that was really serious and galactic, and like mm-hmm. the, like it was. It, it, it took, wasn't what the movie was. It, it took a little bit, exactly. It took a little bit to get used to, but then like then you realize that you're developing your palette as a comic reader and just because it's mm-hmm. in space and you don't know who these characters are. Um, I mean, it, it's the same challenge with like, like it was like, I want to say six years ago that we even got a glimpse 20 seconds, not even of Adam Warlock's cocoon. I mean, yeah. they, they barely even got into the depths with the Nova Corps. And yep. I mean, but that was smart the way they did it because they didn't, throw everything into the Nova Corps. They, um, mm-hmm. The Kree, the Scrolls, they give us a little bit of it, and you know, if you want to look into it more, go for it, but they're not invested. Yeah. Personally, I really want to see uh, some up-and-comer, someone like Taika, uh, take over in DC, and long story short, I want to see Ryan Reynolds play Guy, Guy Gardner. I think that would be freaking hilarious with the bull cut. Yeah, maybe. Why not? Yeah, it might work. Cause that, but that's that's the thing, man. It's freaking Marvel. Like I said, Marvel had a plan. Freaking DC initially, their plan was to copy Marvel. Right. Let's just get Justice League out there as quickly as we can, 
and everything's going to magically work out. And it didn't. You know, since then, though, we've had, you know, the Aquaman movie was really good. The first Wonder Woman movie was pretty good. Right. The second Suicide Squad movie was great. The uh, the first Shazam movie was amazing. Absolutely my favorite like, one. They, you know, that, the, the last Batman was pretty good. Freaking um, Joker was, you know, phenomenal. Granted, those last two are in different worlds. Right. But... You know that's that's the thing, man. Is DC's been fixing the boat for a while now. You know, it's unfortunately things like I have no doubt Shazam's gonna be Shazam Two is gonna be awesome. Black Adam's gonna be great. But you know, it's you know right now we're you know we're worried about these actors that freaking the the whole Amber Heard thing affecting Aquaman and freaking uh, you know what's gonna happen with the Flash movie. You know, we're freaking, we're, you know, we're worried about those, but it's like freaking... Meat and potatoes with the stuff, the Elseworlds stuff, Joker, like you said. Yeah, but I mean, it's it's going to be, you know, they've made a bunch of better moves. You know, they haven't, they've loosened their idea of doing the, the shared universe, which the shared universe thing was never the issue. It was the fact that you didn't build the universe before you threw all your top tier guys into one movie. Agreed. You know, that, that was always what the issue was. Like, you three just needed to make, you know, freaking the, the shared universe part was actually some of the best stuff in the first Suicide Squad movie. You know, Batman being on top of the Joker and Harley's car and the Flash making the, the quick little freaking thing uh, to capture Captain Boomerang. That stuff was great. You know, it was never the idea of the shared universe. Shared universe thing's great. But then you, then you, then you have so much more to play with. I think you gotta freaking you gotta know the world before you can freaking do that crossover stuff. I agree, but I think this also circles back to what we were talking about at the beginning of the show. Okay. What's canon? Does it matter? If they keep doing these random movies like Joker or Suicide Squad that like are they canon? We don't know. Uh yeah, like... How much, it, it, how much it, it'll be canon if you want it to be canon. Unless you want it to be canon. But if it's good content, just make it and let us make our own minds about it. Marvel has lockdown, and I think they're frankly dwindling away because I, I really did not like the Doctor Strange uh, Multiverse of Madness movie. And no, I, no the, uh, the, that's the thing, man. It's freaking ever since... Ever since the ever since Endgame, things have just kind of been happening. And like, like there, there's been a couple of shining freaking beacons of hope. Right. You know, Spider Man, freaking No Way Home was amazing. Yeah, it was. I really personally enjoyed the Shang Chi movie. Shang Chi was good. I like that. Yeah, I like the Black Widow movie. I like it freaking. Uh, yeah, who apparently is coming back at Thunderbolts. You better. So that'll be good. Um, you know, I've like. I, I don't really, I can't really think of one any of the uh, the TV shows that have come out on Disney Plus that I've really disliked. You know, some I've definitely liked more than others. But freaking, uh, you know, I've liked everything for the most part. It's just gonna they just gotta kind of write the ship and give us like I think they need to give us a little bit more of an overall story. Like why why does this movie matter? Well, I mean, like, 
I disagree because, like, if you applied that mentality to why does this movie matter, then Suicide Squad, before we got Peacemaker, by the way, next Peacemaker <clears throat> TV show out of the way, that hadn't happened yet. Why should this show? Why should this matter? Because it's simply good. Yeah. It's simply but yeah. Good. I mean, it was it was James Gunn. It freaking gave us Starro, which was awesome. Freaking, it gave us you know it was a continuation, which means it is you know canon because we had you know several members of Suicide Squad return. But it's freaking. I mean, yeah, it needs to. They need to be good movies. But like, if you're gonna do, if you're gonna make it a point to be like, we have this shared universe, even if it's something like just a freaking like the the scenes at the end, right? Like, give us something. Give us a reason that this. Like show us a little bit that this is involved. So, so you want the you want the continuity. If you're gonna do it, do it. But if you're not gonna do it, don't do it. That's that's the thing. I'm saying don't. Like do if it. you're if that's gonna be your point, then you can do something simple. You know, you can you can have a throwaway line where freaking, you know, Black Adam mentions that he fought Superman at one point. You don't have to have Superman there. Right. You know, you, but but you know, hey, I, I took on this guy and freaking blue spandex one time, and it was a heck of a fight. You know, just some little some little throwaway line to be some like, little. you know, Zeus, this he he is in he's in the universe. I or you you know, if you're doing if you have a character like Deadpool, obviously you can throw out the line. Next time we're getting Cable. You know, something like you know, if that's a character that it works for, go for it, dude. You nail in the head. Uh, I laugh my. I mean, like, I, I was... You, you laughed what? I was laughing quite heartily, boiler-friendly, uh, during the first Deadpool movie. Okay. But, but I popped like a motherfucker when he said, we're getting cable. And I, I did exactly. it on purpose. I, you, 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 you I, set that up, I'll give it. I, that was I, actually pretty good. I stood up and I was like, yes! <laughs> like, that, like, that's all... I, I mean, like... I mean, like, it was a lot of fun. I mean, there was, I mean, we had Gina Carano. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, like there's so many other good things that were going on with that movie. Like, Teenage Negasonic Warhead. Freaking, that, that's a, that is a specific thing. If you didn't read New X-Men, you didn't know who she was, and you knew she was only in one issue. <laughs> and even though you see that they brought her in, obviously you can tell they're having fun. But when he said, we're getting cable. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. There was like one other dude that was like, "Yes," <laughs> but it like, uh, I say, I say, why not read the writing on the wall? You're doing the same thing. Do what you're doing with the animated series is that you're releasing, or, or just the random movies, because there's not one bad DC animated movie. Yeah, not one of them, and and they're all different. They're not all connected. Except for Batman meets Harley Quinn. I did not bother that watching that. Bad. The Harley Quinn show is actually uh, pretty yeah, funny. Yeah, it was horrible. Um, but it, it is, it's still a Harley Quinn thing, but freaking... But you get what I'm saying. Like, when he's... You, nail on the head. We're bringing Cable. That's all you had to say. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You bring in the wolf? Yeah. <laughs> Look at the phone like it's stupid. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, if you're going to go there, you go there. If you're not going to go there, then don't bother. Yeah, just... Like... Yeah, you'll make you'll make that delineation. If you're gonna freaking, if you're just gonna put out movies and they're just gonna be self-contained stories, cool. The Batman was a good movie. 
freaking it had no no bearing on the DC universe at all. But freaking you know, if you're gonna throw if you're gonna go there, you're gonna make everything you know, a story with a set universe around it, awesome. Now, but you you know, you've gotta you gotta commit one way or the other. I agree. Get off the pot. But uh, circling back to Minefield's ethics in Way of Life, that's how we've always operated. We have never deviated from the original plan. It's all continuity. It, it's Well, I mean, all continuity, but what happens when things go wrong? We roll with it. We ride with it. And look where we are now. It's true. Just ride with what works. Did it work? No. All right, we tried. Try something else? Mm -hmm. Cool. What are we going to call it? Blockbuster. Sounds great. Let's roll with it. <laughs> just just roll with it. It works. It's the formula. Have we ever second-guessed ourselves? Never. Yeah. Nope. We rolled with it. Some things didn't work. Most things did. But, uh, freaking, we rolled with ethos. DC, roll with ethos. Freaking, all the random stuff you're putting out is working. Now, uh, one thing I would kill for, and I uh, went back and reread them all. Well, I hadn't read all of them, but reread them all now and continuing mm -hmm. one through, was the uh, Blue Beetle and Booster Gold series that came out. Hell yeah. Oh, nice. That was so much fun. It was such, it, it was, it was like Lethal Weapon, except they're like, closer friends and have cooler powers and one of them isn't suicidal <laughs> like uh it's one of the like lethal weapon four like you know like will it to me rigs it's one of the things that like freaking colin and i talk about the time will it to me like hey are you cheating on your, are you in the take no uh like there's there's so many little weird things there they just rolled with it with yeah uh, trust trust what works dc the random stuff is working gotta write that down for the and give us more James Gunn. Yeah, love us, that man. Give us more James Gunn, man. I, and and uh, one thing I love about James Gunn is is one of the things I love about Adam Sandler is that he just brings his homies in. It's it's pretty much yeah we're gonna make a Suicide Squad movie. Cool. Who are you gonna cast? Uh, literally all my friends. All right, screw it. <laughs> it's like Sam Raimi. All his friends. Half the cast. Uh, Adam Sandler. It's all the same guys. Ah, we just get like this is literally just an excuse for us to screw around and make art and or ridiculous comedy or. Yep. Who's the bad guy gonna be? But it works. Someone from a very obscure issue from years ago. All right, screw it. <laughs> we're all together. We're bringing in. We're bringing in the weasel. Bringing in the weasel. Did you find his first appearance in a dollar bin like three months ago? Yes, I did. But we're bringing him in. We're bringing him in. And my and my little brother's playing it. In full CGI. Speaking of which, uh, I've read it like four times. Uh, it's it's one of my new favorite books. Is that book Alpha Flight? First Prince of the Lead Death Strike. If I was gonna make an X book, uh, or if someone made me want to write a uh, Wolverine book, or made me write a Wolverine movie, full on Lady Death Strike. And not the one from the Wolverine movie, the real one. I'd have no. X2 was freaking... X2 with Lady Deathstrike. The Wolverine, I think, had Silver Samurai. 
The Wolverine had, had Silver Samurai, but even then, uh, uh, Lady Deathstrike is tied into all of that. She's tied into Magic Force, she's tied into the old family uh, blood, mm-hmm. all of it. Um, it would open up the, the gates to show more Madripoor. It would, it would open up the gates to for so many great things, but even some gags or whatever. But uh, I digress, man. Give us some Daredevil, man. Yeah, speaking of guys hanging out in Madripoor, well, it's not Daredevil. Now we've got a Daredevil question in his feet. Um, we got Daredevil number three, which I think the, uh, the legacy issue is 651. But uh, last issue, Daredevil ran into a buddy of his who apparently has has powers now and has been altering um, events in Daredevil's life to make him a better crime fighter. He made a point to blow up a train that had the uh, had the lawyer that Daredevil used to his ex-girlfriend. You know, fortunately, she was not on the train when it happened. Right. Which you find out at the end of the issue, but this this guy who's referred to as Goldie, who's an old friend of his, has been doing stuff like that to Daredevil for years, and um, Matt Murdock was never, never aware of it. And he's trying to come to terms with that. While at the same time, we've got um, Daredevil's also working with Elektra to... um, to create the fist, which is going to be their way of taking down the hand. And he is looking to recruit people uh, to help out with this. And one of the first people he turns to is his cop buddy. Freaking. And they, um, he's like, Hey, this is what's going on. And he's like, you know, I'm not even worried about, you know, he's like, I don't want to do this. You know, this is no, you know, he's like, I'm a cop. I, I play by other rules. I'm not trying to be a vigilante. And he's like, that's not even that. It's not even what I'm about, man. I want you on my team because, you know, you're a good man who knows right from wrong. And I'm trying to make things better. And then he just kind of leaves him there and pays for the coffee. And he's like, I know he's in because I can tell by his heartbeat. You know, as he's walking away from this diner, he walks by a picture, uh, a poster of Cage for Mayor, and he's like, I need some power on this team. And he goes to meet with Luke Cage, who, while it's like 3, 4 in the morning, he's, you know, working on stuff for, you know, an agreement. He's got to meet up with some powerful people. And, you know, he, you know, Daredevil goes and tells him about what he wants to do with the fists. And Cage is like, no, I, I can't do it. I'm like, this is this is my chance to make real change. And I'm going to do what I'm going to do. And he's like, you know, why are you up this early? And he's like, I got to, you know, meet with these uh, couple of weirdos in the city. Yeah, the strong winds. And Daredevil, you got to be kidding me. These guys are, they're insane. They're just They've got more money than they know what to do with, and they're just, they like, they mess with people because they can. So Daredevil decides to, uh, to follow him, to follow Cage to this meeting, just to be on the safe side. You know, and the, uh, the strong one's caretaker tells them, you know, tells Cage, well, you know, 
just so you know, they don't, there'll be no handshakes, they don't like being touched. And he walks into this room, and there's this board table, this is boardroom table, and they're freaking, they're on this beach. There's just this, uh, you know, they're just like, they're just showing off their wealth right off the top of their hand. They've got these 3D images that they can just change the, change the walls into to make it look like they're anywhere. And, you know, Luke's like, this is what I, this is what I, you know, what I plan on doing. This is how I'd like your help. You know, I want to increase, you know, you want to increase these neighbor the congestion in these neighborhoods. Well, I need at least 25% for affordable housing. And they're just like, we don't care. Not at all. Just, you know, this is, just this is what we're going to do. You want for us deal with it. Despite the fact that we've spent the last three years fighting for the love and protection of Hell's Kitchen. Yep. And Luke's just like, you know, I don't know who you think you're talking to, but, you know, you mess with me, I'm going to put you in the hospital, you know, the best your money can buy. And, you know, Miss Stromwin's just, you know, good luck with that, Mr. Mayor, but you'll never, you know, we never, th- you know, dream of threatening your daughter or your your newborn baby boy. And Luke just isn't having it; just kind of breaks the table right next to him. Do you think they were really there? Because they made it. Uh, I feel like this was like the, like he walked into like the holodeck and didn't realize it. On oh, it's very possible that he freaking that they weren't actually there. Like I, I don't feel that these people have powers, and if they do. It's going to be, like, a huge reveal that it's going to be something, like, worse than Purple Man, but, like, at the no, same time... No, that's, that's the thing. They, they've they've just made it blatantly clear. They've just got an obscene amount of money. And with that money comes power, and they've got a large amount of both. Well, I'm still worried that they've got powers. I mean, because I feel like, they, like, like the, the way they're playing with the the, the beach and the all of a sudden the, the globe shows up and they're on the moon and Luke is still cool as freaking ice and she's manipulating stars in, in a chart like from her hands and like I, I don't think this is just money i think this is a build-up for some like key power players that we don't know like or it, or it might be because i mean like i've never heard of these people until like what like two years ago when wilson mm-hmm. freaking like you know goes to their mansion you know beats their freaking uh lackey to death in the bathroom like how ha- yeah like, what what always what it always has like lingered in my mind from that particular issue was how did they not see that coming and did they set it up or want it to happen? Well, that's the thing is I think it you know it gives them a reason it gives them a secret for Wilson that freaking they could pull they could catch him. But yeah, I think it would actually take away from these characters if they did have powers. I agree. Like I think I think that's the scary part about it is that it's just these two old people. They just have money and power and freaking that's that's enough to do some damage now this girl that shows up that's Electra's protege right that's the girl that trained Electra oh that oh that one but yeah no uh, yeah Daredevil they Daredevil gets caught he fights off some some of the Stromwind soldiers and as he's escaping He's attacked by, I believe her name is Aka, A.K.A. 
and she's she's too fast for his senses to pick up. You know, she's telling him about how she's gonna, you know, how the hand is just gonna, you know, no matter what they do, they're not gonna stop the hand. And she ends up actually just taking a a, a a needle out of her hair and poking it in the back of his neck and just in one move, Daredevil's completely and utterly useless. Now, just uh, falling to the floor. I, I see that, but she says, "We found the fist of the beast. The fist of the beast is currently Frank Castle." Yeah, he's le- apparently we didn't get a reveal that Frank Castle's leading the hand. He's their new god. Yeah. And that's the thing is, you know, we see Daredevil. You know, his eyes get big, and he's like, you know, you can't. He's a madman. And she's just like he's our madman, and he, you know, Daredevil's like, why, you know, why not? Why do you tell me this? Why not just kill me? And she's just like, you know, the prophecy needs you to know. You know, everything's gonna come to pass, and we're all just playing our parts. You know, and as he starts to slowly regain feeling in his in the rest of his body, you know, he's just like, I gotta, you know, and. You know, he's just kind of coming to terms with everything. You know, as a as a Catholic, he's always, you know, kind of given himself to God's plan, as it were. And he's dealing. He's kind of finding it hard to come to terms with the fact that there's apparently a middleman in Goldie. You know, and is it is it really God's plan, or is it just you know Goldie screwing with him? Right. And has he really? How much of an effect on his life has he really had this whole time? You know, in the last couple of pages is him, you know, he ends up freaking passing out on a, on Foggy's doorstep. And freaking, you know, he's like, you know, as, as he's you know, checking on his, as Foggy's checking on his friend, he's just like, dude, pack your bags. We're going on a trip and you're not leaving my side. Because at the end of the day, the you know the one person Matt can trust without a shadow of a doubt is good old Foggy Nelson. Of course. So it's going to be real interesting to see what role Foggy plays in the upcoming issues while they're trying to build the fist. The one thing that confuses me is the that Matt's got two choices he can, okay. stay, he can stay home let the fist do what they they're gonna do because they've always they're always gonna do what they're gonna do show up every five years or six nine years and there's gonna be a mess he's gotta clean up or he can settle down with someone that he knows is loyal and trustworthy and that he actually does love but like Electra, I mean like there's one woman from my past in particular that's my Electra. Mm-hmm. Uh, I could find someone that's extremely devoted, never cheated on me. Uh, I don't have to worry about them trying to jump out of a car. Um, but, or I could have stability. And he's got this choice coming up. And that's a heavy choice, man. Uh, most... Most men that have lived long enough as us know or are thinking about her right now. (laughs) (laughs) 
The one. I got you, man. Freaking, they played that. Uh, that uh, one has got that bad girl from your past. And freaking. And then the they see the claws in. Freaking ends up getting deep. And then this ability, but then there's like a, but he's got this moral code with the hand, and I mean like, did you ever read Shadowland? No, I never have. It was a, it was a little difficult, but it like dug deep on like him and Stick and Electra and the Fist. And, like it, it went way more introspective as ju- to just say that like Matt's got to take him down. Like it's all something mm-hmm. else. It's all something else, and that was another transformation of Hell's Kitchen as well, and just. Give us that one or two issues where everything's going great in freaking Hell's Kitchen. You know, the fruit vendor's making his money, paying his bills. He doesn't have to worry about getting hassled or someone to show up for protection money. Um, Foggy, Foggy, I think is kind of the monkey wrench in this because he's been he's been getting screwed around since Matt was like, "Yeah, I'm going to jail. How am I going to do this?" Yeah. <laughs> um. Very interesting. But Daredevil has not been not interesting since Sadarshi took over. But I still don't think he's a Tinian, especially when it comes to Batman. He's got his work cut out for him. I'm not saying I expect him to fail. I want him to succeed. But, man, we were spoiled for a really long time, man. <laughs> yeah. No, you're not wrong. <laughs> In a year, we're going to be at a bar at an Applebee's drinking. Remember when Tinian was doing? Oh, man, I remember when Tinian was doing that. That's great. It was some good stuff. Shoot. Exactly. Um, Matt, what do you got next, man? Let's see. Got some little notes he's here. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles number 132. Now, we're building up the Armageddon game here. Now, we've been building up to this for almost two and a half years. That the Rat King is basically a mythical, anthropomorphic idea, just like Dream is with the uh, the Endless. He's got his brothers and sisters. They meet up every now and then. They all hate each other, have secret alliances, constant betrayals. It's uh, a little bit more, I hate to say this, but down to earth. I mean, Sandman was like anyone. Put it in perspective... Um, when Dream is looking for his helm, and he's uh, employing the uh, wonderful, absolutely trustworthy, never fails John Constantine uh, to help him find his helm, uh, they go and speak to John Jones at his apartment. Now, Dream, to us, is he looks like Robert Smith from The Cure. That's what they mm-hmm. base, that's what they base him on. And but when John Jones opens the door, he sees John Constantine standing there. Hey, John, what's up? But instead of seeing Robert Smith, what we see, John Jones sees the idea of what Dream is in his culture, which is a giant ball of flame. It immediately recognizes that it's a Dream King, but he's not seeing it the way we do. We're getting the extra perspective. Uh, like the idea that there's no proof that we're all seeing the same colors. Um, yeah. When it comes to what's going on with the uh, Armageddon uh, game here with Rat King coming up, Oroku Saki has actually literally gone from 
from hell and back, got his head cut off by Splinter, learns that his family is cursed by the dragon, shakes the curse, uh, very similar to the conversation that we originally started this conversation, uh, when we first started talking about, um, addiction, remember? Yep. Um, and his family was said to be cursed, and he shakes the curse on his own sheer will, and for the past, like, I want to say eight, nine issues, he's been floating around like a ghost. He can walk through walls. I mean, there's a lot of things that... The ultimate ninja. Like, uh, Leo's up on the roof. He's guarding, gardening, and one of the, the tears that's holding, um, uh, you know, some vines up is about to fall on him, and Roku's just... He just kind of pushes it to the side and sets it back, and it doesn't fall on Leo. He saves Donnie. He helps save Donnie from an evil mad scientist. But now it's time, and with the evil mad scientist, Donnie learns to astral project. That's how mm, yeah. the bros know he's in trouble, and they go looking for him. They don't find him exactly, but like he learns how to astral project, which we all know was the final lesson in the first movie. Oh, yeah, huh? Communicating with the dead. Communicating and, and focusing. On, they were all experiencing the same mass hallucination together while meditating with no LSD or ayahuasca or you know, psilocybin. They meditated their way to communicate with Splinter. Now, in this, Splinter's dead. Splinter's been dead for a while. And, um... Donnie learned how to astral project. Leo kind of knew how, like, his dreams were stray and he would get there, but then he could never stay there. And Rokusaki knows that Rat King's coming. we got to figure out a better way to get him. we got to be more collective. Um, and um, they figure it out. And like I said uh, earlier before we were setting up this, the structure of what we're talking about tonight, was that they have to, they have to do it together as a team. And he shows them their inner demons and how to dest destroy them. And Leo's inner demon was that freaking how dare you team with the Shredder. He, he All his brothers are in his head fighting him and Roku's on the astral plane with him. And they, they all have to go into a special places together. They all have to make special gems and uh, sigils together. Like this means what it means to me. You don't don't tell me what it means, but it means this to you. And we're gonna go into this cave together, and we're gonna. So they each face their own internal demons, while Orokusaki is he's got their back on the astral plane. And eventually, when they defeat and know what their well, they don't always defeat it, but they recognize what their weakness is in their mind. Because they're all strong. Yeah. They're all strong as hell. I mean, they're teenage mutant turtles. I mean, like, like, like together, they're unbeatable. But now we're we're heading to a different level, a different realm of, of battle, and we have to know something a little bit more about ourselves, a little bit more introspective. And then they all collectively sit in in front of the fire, and they very sparingly sprinkle in like things from the from the movies, from the co cartoons, from the comics, because they're really writing a whole new continuity, and they're they're really killing it. And um, they could have done this early on, issue five, issue four, issue fifteen, or issue twenty-five. But we are now at issue 
132, and we finally get the scene where they're able to communicate with Splinter on the Astro Plane, and he tells them that, like, yeah, he's proud of them. About what they've done and how they're doing it. And, uh... We had like, dude, I had to put the book down. It wasn't, it wasn't like less Ron, last Ronin ending where I was like ugly crying, but like, I had an Indian tear go down. It, it was, it was nice, man. And they're they're planning their move, and more power to everything. That's, I I can't believe this. This is one issue thirty two, man. Freaking, uh, I started rereading Spawn at one eighty five or one eighty seven. We're fifty issues away. I remember like. It was barely yesterday that issue one hundred came out, and it was like like a yeah. nine dollar book. It was worth every penny, but uh, they're really there's no wasted moments in TMNT. There's not like ten pages of useless exposition of them just hanging out and talking. There is points where they are doing that, but it builds into the story. Um, but the the last book I want to talk about when it comes to Astral is a, a new book called The Boogeyman. And this is from a, a comic imprint I am not that familiar with, actually not familiar with at all, called The Blaze, uh, by Matteo Salvia. And it is illustrated in... Uh, did you ever watch um, any of the Animatrix or like Princess Mononoke? Or, uh, any of those sort of like... Really intricate animes, like no, I'm not really much of an anime guy. They they pension they pay attention to a lot more storyboard work than we do at all. We're talking about extra lighting, um, no talking heads. Um, there's motion and things, and this boy is in one of those rooms where uh, kids go to when they're supposed to like you know let's make them comfortable. Something really awful just happened. The cops are like, let's just make him as comfortable as possible so he's going to tell us what the hell happened. Has he talked to you? No. Has he said anything since happened? No. He's just drawing these monsters. And different. there's so many different angles that's going on in terms of like uh, where you're looking looking at it. It's not straight on. It's not just up from the side. I mean, or, you know, bird's eye view. And, uh, they flash back and, uh, his parents are dead. And he's telling his dad that he's in trouble, got caught staying up with a flashlight, reading some books on the boogeyman that he should not have checked out from the library. You know, there's some foreshadowing there. And, uh, an evil old lady demon sits outside while a human man sits up to her and he's, she's like, hey, go in there and take care of it. Can you imagine how much, how long you can have with the with the wife before anyone notices? And a little black demon squiggles out of the side of his head, and she captures it and eats it like a roach. Like like that's what she's feeding off of. And he knows and knocks on the door, and uh, he's there. And the boy hears noise and comes down, and the first thing he's met with is not a grisly murder scene. It's the smell of copper. What initially really? what initially hits him isn't the fact that his dad had his head cut off. It's the smell. There's a lot of intric intricities in this book. And 
the old lady is command the old lady demon is commanding the demon man to go in there and do what he's got it do what he wants to do let me phrase that do what he wants to do and he can sense there's a boy there and a wolf an astral demon comes out of nowhere commanded by someone that's got to be almost seven eight feet tall rasputin looking guy and he's like easy you know don't don't kill him let's find the boy and uh he finds the boy downstairs and hiding in the basement in a, in, a, in like a boudoir and he, he opens the door and he's like do you know who i am he's like you're the boogeyman he's like yeah we got to get out of here and they're the wolf is protecting them circling him the whole time and um the old lady sees him and recognizes who he is and I know who you are and you shouldn't be here. And the hint is, is that there was like basically a boogeyman, uh, I don't know, like an evil demon that haunts children, um, revolt. And the one that was their king said, screw this, I'm out, I'm not doing it anymore. And the rest of the foot soldiers had no central leadership, so they just went buck wild and now they're doing everything they can to possess as many people as they can. And, um... I feel like there's a balance that's getting tipped over. And did you see him? Yeah, it was him. Are you sure? Positive. How positive? Positive. I don't believe you. We need confirmation. He's been hibernating too long and he saves the boy. But the implication is that he's the worst of the worst of them. The one that spawned them. The one that inspired them. The one that, the whole reason they're there to, kill kids and be the boogeyman uh has been gone for a very long time and now he's back and no central leadership there's different factions and he doesn't give a goddamn and we gotta get out of here kid yeah yeah, yeah right that was one <laughs> just a regular damn doesn't count but a gd yeah i get it but freaking the artwork is Princess Mononoke good. If you've never seen that, you've messed up. Well, then I done messed up. I'm going to have to send away to NASA to calculate my tab for you. But I had two. Uh, I had two today. That was it. Both. Might be a personal best, I'm not going to lie. I had one last time, or before 150, but, uh, freaking calculated. Two bucks well worth spent. And I'm broke. I'm still tired from freaking Saturday, man. <laughs> yeah. Uh, definitely, uh, damn it, definitely the limit was pushed. That... That, like, set a whole new bar where the limit should be. I mean, the only thing that didn't happen that day was us record while we're driving. We need to do that again. And freaking... I got I, I got enough batteries for... Uh, I haven't named the uh, Zoom recorder. I mean, like, the DJ, the DJ system that we do, that's Ginger. Obviously, it's Bridget, but the little one, the recorder. We got to name the name of that one. I task you to name that one. 
Not now, because you're going to come up with some ridiculous and we're going to stuck with it. Uh, we're going to call it Phil. Phil? Phil Brooks. How about Uncle Phil? No, that's been done. Phil Brooks? Phil Brooks. Well, then we got to get a little cowboy hat. <laughs> yeah, we do. Yeah, we got to get a little cowboy hat. No, I, I think I just ran through everything. Batman versus Robin. Oh, we haven't done Batman versus Robin. That's that coup de gras. Coup de gras for night. Batman. <laughs> Batman, you you wanna you wanna hold off on that one? No, we definitely can. I just don't think it was. I'm just not. I think you're just more into it than I am. Well, let's let's hold off on it then, man. Like, cause uh, I I think that if you comment into the if from what you told me about what you thought about it tonight. I think you were tired when you read it, but I think you're wrong on this one. Um, let's just talk about it then real quick. All right, let's do it. Hey, maybe you can convince me I'm, uh, to look at it in a new light. Cool. Which happens, minefielders, you just pay attention to your friends. They're not going to steer you wrong. Unless they do. Unless you work for CSW. Maybe just, unless, unless they're kind of jerks about it and they just do it on purpose. Because it amuses them. <laughs> right? Alright, so I zoomed in as much as I could. And I can see the same, like, two splotches on the raincoat. That's a lot of standing outside. Gotham City. Now, um, here's my disjointedness on this one. Okay. Brucey's only been back to the cave, in my recollection, once, and that was during what's going on right now in Batman. Uh, mm -hmm. Actually, go to the cave and the Zural or whatever you call it. That's his new costume, Grant Morrison, or not new costume. The 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 backup Batman um, shows up. Now he's like Sorry, nah. he's reminiscing. Damien's outside. Or, no, that was Alfred, and he's passing every test. Am I reading that right? Like, you know, it's obviously he says, like, I, I, I want nothing more for it to be you. He knows every answer to all the questions. I mean, like, this seems like such a freaking... Um, I'm kind of angry about this. Why is that? Because Alfred dying hurt... I mean, I, I sent you the, the, the clip on the one-year anniversary. That sucked. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. And the, I mean, they got close enough to it when Damien had the Lazarus resin at the grave, which confused me because in this they said they cremated him, which, what, is he going to pour, like, the resin over the ashes? That that still confuses me. Um, yeah. But Bruce is chilling. He, he makes uh what is the tea? Uh, some oolong tea and talk, and he's passing every test. Mm -hmm. he, he's sitting in the little kitchenette room that we remember from freaking Batman '89, or actual the movie. And not liking it, man. I'm very well. I liked it, but I liked how it made me uncomfortable. Yeah, it's uh, it's super interesting. Personally, I think it's it's too easy. So I'm positive it's it's somehow 
going to play into the story later where we find out it's not actually Alfred. That's probably going to Who it is, I have no idea, but it's just too convenient with him going to the manor and Damien's down in the bad cave and Alfred happens to wander in at exactly the same time. Like, unless this ends up tying into freaking Task Force Z or something like that. I just don't. I don't, don't see it working out. But yeah, no, they end up going into the Bat Cave, and Alfred knows exactly the time to put into the clock to open the door. And we see Bruce down here, or Damien down here with two associates. I know the uh, I know t- Tim for freaking. I think his name's Tim, if I remember correctly, was from a. Uh, it's this hot. young magician that was featured in Justice League Dark. Yeah, it's Tim and Hunter. Yeah, and Hunter. Hunter I'm unfamiliar with completely. Never seen this nerd in my life. Ah. Uh, but that's the thing. Like, if it was going to be... If we were really going to play with this more, I feel like they really should have utilized more of the children that were featured in the on the island in Robin. Or or some of the homeless kids in freaking Nightwing. Well, the homeless kid, the homeless kids have no real backing with Damien. Like the Damien's got an entire island of basically warrior children willing to fight for the death. Right. So like, that just seems like more. If you're gonna corrupt Damien, that would be more of the people he would go for instead of these two. You know, randos, for lack of a better term. But yeah, man, they definitely caused some damage. But in the end, Batman prevails because he's he's Batman. No, Batman escapes. <laughs> like, I mean, either way, he gets out. He doesn't prevail. He escapes. It doesn't matter. Damn it, Bruce. He's yeah. my family, too. The look on his face. One more. No, no, that doesn't count. No. That totally counts. No, it doesn't. You said it. You said it. The D word. I'm too tired to argue with you. <laughs> I'll pay a dollar. But yeah, Bruce and, Bruce and Alfred end up escaping. And he finally... He finally believes that Alfred's back. And they're going to go and they're going to rescue Damien. But we keep going. Who's this you know, guy? Damien picks. Oh, that's Eclipso. That is the. Uh, I can't remember the freak I've got. He's an older villain, but he can basically possess people. He ends up turning their face half purple, like a moon. And. Uh, I want to say it's like maybe the definition of good and evil basically but he basically turns people evil he was one of the big um, if you remember when they a couple years ago they, it was a while ago at this point but they did the uh, Justice League versus Suicide Squad comic books he was the catalyst for turning the Justice League evil is that when the Spectre turned up? Possibly. Let's see. Give me a second here. Let me look up his actual powers. While you're doing that, I'm looking at 
some enchanted dice, a couple of urns, a bell. Yeah, he's a primordial manifestation of God's wrath and responsible for the great flood of biblical of biblical fame. A magical being of incalculable strength, Eclipso has demonstrated the power of flight, immortality, invulnerability, super speed, stamina, and advanced intellect, and the ability to emit deadly rays of dark light from his left eye and a powerful burst of uh, paralyzing black light from his right eye by looking through the shard of the Heart of Darkness gem, which is what that gem would be. carries with him a seemingly unbreakable mystic sword and a considerable swordsman. A lot of stuff in this room. Superman's sword. Yeah, if you touch the gem, you become he, he can possess you. Even though Robin's got gloves on. And he might have touched it previously without the gloves. Who knows? Yeah, but even then, like Eclipse is obviously not in him and trapped in this gem. Yeah. What is family for? But you know. Yeah, they end up looking into uh, the fact that they don't, Damien might be possessed. They've got minimal tools on them, but they also have a key that Batman was given to by Zatanna that will bring uh, that will basically unlock any door and bring him to Zatanna. And he walks in there, and we see Zatanna hung from a from a noose that is not attached to a ceiling. She got Epstein. And we've got that. We see Constantine and Swamp Thing. They're basically both destroying each other in some kind of, as they put it, grotesque symbiosis. And we've got Jason Blood half transformed into the demon, but unable to transform the entire way. So somebody has gone out of their way, and they're blaming on Damien that uh, apparently he is... Let me see how they exactly they word it. You know, anybody who welds magic readily is paying an immediate price. That is painful, unpredictable, and horrible. But uh, they don't know how Damien's involved. They just know that he is. This backwards word doesn't make sense to me. You resolve. That's one more. <laughs> No, it's, uh, which one is it? Is it Nedlog? Uh, dude, I'm not... No, it's, there's no end in this, man. Like, I've never seen this spell before. I'm schooled in the time. Oh, that, that's... Is it Gana Flesh Row? Because uh, that's Hang Yourself. No, it's not that. It actually... Actually... It's an anagram of that. Let me send that. Let me, I'm going to send it to you real quick. It's an anagram of that. All right. And I've never seen Zatanna talk in anagrams before. It's coming in by a freaking uh, cell phone. But it's it's hang yourself. It's... It's not full-on anagram... It's just not the it's just not the uh, standard for the backwards. Gotcha. 
Yeah, because we've got a. Uh, like, 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 look, look at the panel. Golden fairy burned ash. Yeah, look, look, yeah, it, it's it's a it's a specific standard. But this one is different. At least I think it is. Yeah, because it's the dragon fairies of Orandia. It says golden fairy burned ash. And she's, she's saying it again, golden fairy burned to ash. And then hang yourself, hang yourself, hang yourself, snap. I feel like it's 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 going against the standard of what I'm used to reading. Because it actually challenged me. But, yeah, so all the, uh, all the magic users in the DC universe are apparently being uh, <laughs> taken care of. But it's funny how Damien walks into this room at the end, and he calls the uh, the heart of darkness a trinket. She, he's like, "If I'm going to topple Batman, I need greater resources. You owe me that much." How uh, you know? But uh, at the last page, we see all the trinkets. We see a Green Lantern. We see the Helmet of Fate. We see Star Girl's freaking staff detective chimps hat but we also see uh mother soul and the devil nezha so what she succeeded who are apparently in charge of uh whatever is about to happen yeah apparently mother soul was right they did unleash the devil utilizing the uh the lazarus pits And next we have the House of Secrets, which is old school, like, it says House of Secrets, which you can't just say that. Like, House of Mystery, definitely old school, like, I always feel like House of Secrets, mm-hmm. House of uh, Mystery was like, that's, them doing that's their- where Swamp Thing debuted, was House of Secrets. Correct. Uh, but the thing is, is that those are now all intricate places that are within the Sandman universe now. That's what mm-hmm. followed those things up. Back in the day, they were like the easy comics, like, uh, you know, like Crypt of Horror, Tales from the Crypt, Vault, uh, Vault of Horror, actually. Um, you know, like, mm-hmm. you know, the old school, like, pulp, pulpy type books. And now, what happened in the last issue of uh, Damien, you know, Grandma prevailed or escaped with what was that skull face gentleman's name? Um, oh, Lord Deathman. Yeah, and now we're more serious, and she's brought the demon back that should have gotten brought back from the tournament, which makes the that fact that he's back, if that's what she was trying to resurrect, um, makes the whole idea of the tournament kind of a moot point. Yep. But. Like, like we said earlier, when we started everything, like, is this canon? Are we going to like it enough that we want it to be canon? Because I tell you, I want, I want one Dark Knight to be canon. Like, we would have more Batman movies that didn't overthink it. If they did one Dark Knight, like, where Batman was rescuing some poor guy that controlled yep. EMPs, I mean, like, just pump it out. Let's have it. It's already that good. It's better than yeah. da- it's better than the uh, D word ED. I'm not sure I follow. What's it better than? Oh, you know exactly what I'm talking about. 
No idea. Yeah, you know, the, the bat wing issue. Bite wing? I love bite wing. No, I'm not comparing her to Haley. You, you try. How are you the one guy in the world that doesn't like bite wing? You're not getting another dollar out of me this issue. <laughs> nope. Nope. Freaking, uh, I, I liked it because it challenges things. and it, it, Batman, dad gummit. Gush darn it. Freaking. <laughs> no, it's actually one of the, the main points I wanted to bring up with and, uh, and revisit because uh, today uh, I'm head of quality on my team and uh, we have to do a, like a, a semi-recap of um, my shoe job. And my boss like, should we do this? So I'm like, yeah, of course. But I think we should get a little bit more perspective because um, when we first introduced this program, like we went from this to this, and I feel like we've kind of drifted from it, and our numbers aren't reflecting that in terms of like what we have to say in every call, and we're getting dinged on things, and people are slacking. I think we should just turn it into a whole recap, and. Uh, I was very pleased that you wanted to talk about what's canon and what what means to the individual, um, and I, I this was the catalyst uh, for all of that because I really like the story. I mean, like Batman's fighting the uh, serial version of uh, of himself. Um, yeah, there's a lot of different things that's going on here. The artwork's phenomenal. The only thing that I didn't like was because I still don't get it was, you know, the going into the depths of the Batcave that's unexplored and the mystical ooze that brought us into freaking metal in the first place. And mm -hmm. um, I still need to reread those, but I liked it. I liked it a lot. And I, I think Damien is not being an arrogant jerk. I think he's possessed by something. And obviously Grandma has a lot to do with it. Yeah, it was be. I mean, it's it's not a bad book. It's just it might be something that gets better as it goes on. I think it's gonna. I think it's. I think this is gonna be really good, man. But or I could be wrong. I think this might be like. I've always been right about the black label ones that I've got my hands on. Um, couple ones been wrong about, but uh, in terms of like just Batman in general, because it just didn't pan mm -hmm. out. They started strong, but. I think they've got a lot invested in this, man. But that's what I got. Yeah, they definitely do. No, man, like I said, it's definitely... I'm intrigued enough to keep reading it. It's not something I'm just going to be like, take a look at it and be like, ah, oh, I'm done. So, see what happens. It might be, and it might end up being a great story. Like, I know uh, Batman Killing Time kind of started out weird, and it got... I really enjoyed that one. Right. Um... I want to say there's one or two other ones that kind of really started off slow and ended up really, really enjoying them by the time it was all said and done. So I'm definitely willing to at least give it a shot. Great. So, but yeah, man, freaking, uh, I think it's about time to head on out for the evening. I agree. It's my turn. Go. Colin, we miss you. Come on, come back. I'm calling you. Right. Bring some cheese and crackers. Make some cheese and crackers. We love you. We miss you. This is Minefields. This transmission is over. And this is dangerous. <laughs> <laughs>